Hey guys, Ian here. Um, before we get started, uh, just a, a little bit of an apology. Um, there's a little bit of audio desyncing in this episode. I've tried to clean it up. I'm not entirely sure what's happened here, um, but on on the odd occasion, it's a little bit wonky. And uh, apologies for that. But um, I, I, you know, I'll be honest. I I don't have the time to go through it with a with a fine tooth comb. Um, you know, it, it, it is what it is, unfortunately, but, uh, apologies and, uh, we'll try and resolve this for next week. All right. Cheers. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to episode 507 of Film Bastards. No, we're not taking a summer break. We said in the last one we were taking a summer break, and technically in the real world we have. But because the show didn't upload properly, you basically had a summer break before I said at the end of the last show that we're having a summer break. (laughs) So this one will actually come out probably quite close to when 506 came out. So welcome back. We're in September, but it feels like July. Um, it, it's bonkers how you know it. We're in a freaking heat wave. It I don't is, like it because July felt like September should feel. So this is our summer. It is like it. incredibly discombobulating, um, but apparently it's basically going to break on Sunday and then hello autumn. So oh, I'm, I do you know what? Like I said, we go on holiday in like four weeks, don't we? Yeah. And I'm looking for and I'm looking forward to the warmth then. But my store's air conditioning doesn't work that well. And so literally, I can get to work and be like really comfortable. And after an hour of being at work, I am just sweating like crazy and then just uncomfortable for the next nine hours. Solid. That's not good. That's not good. That's not good. Oh, uh, my name's Ian Loring and as always, I'm joined by... Becky Foster. Hello, everyone. Matt Foster. Hello, everybody. Hello, hello, one and all. Okay, so um, this week and next week, we've got some like new stuff, but also some catch-up stuff. Yeah. So um, this week, we have got new Equalizer 3 and Vacation Friends 2. Um, catch-up, Meg 2, The Trench. Yeah. Um, also, Mark assures us that he has a lot of what he's been up to. I, uh, I, I have, on top of the three we've watched, I have 15 films. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. Right, great, good, good, good. Um, and Including some belters. Good. I mean, your definition of belters could be worrying. Um, you know, we, we, we shall, we'll let the audience decide. Um, we'll also have some uh, trailers. Well, I say some trailers, but a lot of trailers. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, it's probably been some news. Uh, pod, syndicate, podcast, family... Please listen to like-minded shows such as Gaming the Landfill, uh, The Good, Bad, The Odd, The Film Bastards Is Us, um, The Rewatch Project, and Chin Troker vs. Punter. There we are. Um, right, okay, news. Um, Venice is happening. Um, fuck all of the actors are there. Mm-hmm. When they are there, they're saying, yeah, but fuck the studios. So uh, it's all been a little bit weird. I, I did like 
Adam Driver's little um, speech that he gave, where he basically said, "Right, so hang on a minute. These little indepe- more independent studios that uh, that made the films like that some of the films that I'm in that I'm talking about here can agree to this, but these big massive studios mm. that make all this profit and that." Because they make all this profit, pay all of these massive salaries to their CEOs, they can't. <laughs> I mean, yeah, and it, it's something because Warner's in their earnings earlier this week said that they were gonna earn like hundreds of millions less than they were expecting to, um, because they don't have anything because there's nothing in production. Mm-hmm. You know, they're actually saying on their earnings calls, this is actually affecting our bottom line now. Yeah. Um, it, it, anyway, we, we keep on, to, we, we, you know, we keep on talking about the strikes, but like not a lot's been like happening, quite frankly. Um, nope. It's all at an impasse again. Um, I, I will say, I thought it was very funny that the Telluride Festival, which kind of plays a lot of the stuff that Venice does, happened. Emma Stone was there. Poor Things, her new film was there. She didn't promote it, obviously. She was just there as a punter. She just <laughs> went and watched a bunch of films. The, the, the thing is, it, it's easy to forget sometimes that that a lot of actors actually and, and filmmakers actually like movies. Yeah, yeah. I, I just I thought that was great. You know, yeah, good, good on you, Emma Stone. Like getting some of the best reviews of her career. Mm. Um, Poor things is immediately been catapulted to the the top of a lot of Os- Oscar pro. Uh, Prognication, pros, pros, not, pros, prognostication. That's the one. Thank you, Bex. Um, nice one. And um, you know, and I, which is which is wonderful. It would have been out this Friday, yeah. If the strikes didn't happen, now we got to wait till January the twelfth. Fuck's sake. Yep. Just absolutely fuck's sake. Um, so what? I mean. Uh, yeah, so Venice, Adam Driver. Um, Priscilla played, seemed to be a little bit muted. Didn't really hear much about it. Yeah, what I seem to have heard about Priscilla playing is people said that Priscilla played and then just kind of wanted to not talk about it afterwards. Hmm. Um, Fer- Ferrari played, we'll talk about the trainer in a bit. Again, seems a bit muted, um, which is... You know, which is a shame, but um, I think maybe Michael Mann doesn't make films for everybody. No, and I think that there's an element of because he's not made anything for so long. It's a little bit like he he's a little bit like of a forgotten man. Yeah, 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 little bit, little bit. Um, and uh, yeah, um, it, it's it's currently ongoing, is Venice, but it it seems like poor things was the one that really, really, really made the splash. Mm. Um, so, yeah, there, there, there we are. Um, I don't know, let's talk some trailers, because yeah. there's, there's a lot of trailers. There's quite a few, actually, isn't there? Yeah. Mm. I can't remember. Did we? I don't think we did. We didn't talk about Saltburn last time round, did we? We didn't, no. Um, no. We didn't. Did we talk about The Killer? Did that come out the day? No, no, we haven't. We um, have we not? So okay, well, let, let, you know, fuck it. There's no order to this. Um, so Saltburn um, played Telluride, I think. Yeah, yep. is playing LFF and doesn't seem to be playing anywhere else, which is interesting. 
Um, so this is Emerald Fennel's uh, follow-up to Promising Young Woman, which, again, seems to have got some pretty meh responses. It um, seems to be that people either fucking love it or think that it's absolute bobbins. Yeah, yeah. And I can't help but think there might be a little bit of an overcorrection on Promising Young Woman happening here. Um uh, that that film, which remember, Emerald Fennel won Best Screenplay. Okay, mm. it was the COVID Oscars, little bit of an asterisk, but that won Best Screenplay a couple years back, which is wild. So we've got Saltburn, which is again written by her, and it's Barry Keegan becoming mates with Jacob Elordi. Um, Jacob Elordi invites him back to his family's estate, and Rosamund Pike's his mum, I think. Yeah. Um, and apparently some sexy chaos ensues. Yeah, just I think what's starting to happen a little bit now is we're seeing a little bit of the backlash of this. Right, this is just rich British people writing about like imaginary vacuous rich British people while saying, "Oh, aren't they terrible? But look how much fun they're having!" <laughs> and it's just a little bit like. Getting a little bit boring now, this. Yeah, you know, comes out in November. Doesn't feel like there's there's going to be much of a campaign behind it. I think it's going to be Barry Keegan is, is very good. Film mm. is a the, bit nothing. The trailer seems to be like trying to go for the youth vote. Yeah, it is. Um, but points for having a block party song in the, the trailer because that will get the youth vote as well, I'm sure. Absolutely, because the block party's seminal debut album isn't like, what, 20 years old this year? Uh, yeah, yeah. No, it's, I don't think it's this year. It's 2005, I want to say. Was, yeah, I oh, think it no, is 2005, no, actually. No, yeah. hang on a second. Nah, fuck, their second album was when I was in uni still. Fuck! Jeez. When was the block party's first album? Oh, I don't like that. <laughs> it's weird, isn't it? Block Party's oh, no. first album was... Sound Alive was 2005. Mm. Yeah. It wasn't when I was in... It must have just been when I was still living in Bristol. Anyway, sorry. Okay, well, that makes me feel slightly better. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's only 18 years old, this year. Yeah, Christ. Right, so that's... Uh, Saltburn comes out in November. Yes. Um, okay, yeah, so you you, talk, you you mentioned it, so The Killer. Yeah. Um, I mean... That title treatment with the eye looking like a person that's fallen down is fucking incredible. And the fact yeah. that they do that in the trailer as well, and like you actually see the eye falls down, fall down, is uh, just just wonderful. Uh, I mean, and again, this got raves coming out of Venice as mm. well. Doesn't necessarily feel like it's going to be the awards film, but it feels like it's going to be one that everyone's going to fucking like. Yeah, it's um, one of the reviews out of it said it, it's it's a lot closer to feeling like um, Panic Room and Girl with the Dragon Tattoo Fincher mm. than Gone Girl um, Seven Fincher. Yeah, it, it's a it's a proper just thriller. Yeah, Wait, yeah. I mean, it. it that that trailer again. It's got that girl with the dragon tattoo in your face. Yeah, intense it, thing. Yeah, it, it, it did. The thing is, 
I was watching it. I think we were all a little bit like. I think it, it's fair to say everybody was pretty underwhelmed by Mank. Yeah. You know, good film, but a little bit underwhelmed by it. Yeah. But this feels more like a David Fincher movie. Whether or not David Fincher feels thinks it's a David Fincher movie, what quintessentially a David Fincher movie is, this feels more Finchery. Well, it, it was a little I bit of a passion. even happened. Mm. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was a little bit of a passion project for him, though, because um, I was reading that they literally had to wait for, like, they waited to make the film until Fastbender was available because Fastbender's basically more a racing driver than an actor these days, and they yeah. had to wait for him to be available outside of his racing commitments. Yeah, yeah. But, he, he's, he's he's very much like fast. I, I, I literally, I think I've said it before on the podcast when he kind of like. Came, moved away from the acting thing. He he randomly turned up on one of the football podcasts I listened to, mm. um, where he just happened to be in the bar. They were recording the post-match episode of the when we beat Barcelona four 0 He just happened to be in the bar with somebody there mm-hmm. and ended up as like a guest on the podcast. And they sort of asked him and went, you know, what are you doing? Have you got anything sort of coming out later on? We always get people who you know who are guesting to kind of plug what they've got going on. It's not usually a Hollywood movie star, but here we go. And he's like, no, he said, I, I, you know, after 300, I, I did like 10 years of just solid acting. He said, that I just decided, do you know what? Might take a little bit of a break. He said, so I'm off to go and do Le Mans next week. Uh, and, and, um, so there's, there's a YouTube documentary series um, but by a car manufacturer, whichever one he um, raced for. There's like four seasons of him and like just about him and Le Mans. And it's like, I need to deep dive the fuck out of that one day. That that seems like one that could be quite good to go, you know, that seven day YouTube premium trial that you keep getting offered. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah Hitting yeah. okay on it before you go on holiday, like literally the day before, download yeah. all of them and watch them on the plane. I'm going to, yeah, going to Portugal in like five weeks. Like 100%, that's one that I could do that for. Yeah. Four fucking seasons of Fastbender in Le Mans. <laughs> I bet it's really interesting, actually. I bet it's great. I bet it's great. And, and yeah, but look, I'm I'm glad you know he's got the killer and he's got Nate's goal wins. It'll be nice nice to have Michael F. Fassbender back. It really will, yeah. I'm I'm I'm, I'm in that zone. When I when I he turned up, notice you like going in the trailer. You're watching it, going. It's easy to forget a that he's a really good actor and b how just engaging a screen presence he is. One hundred percent. Um. Okay. Uh. Rustin. Ooh, didn't see this one. So, Netflix film... Um, oh, sorry, no, I did see this one, actually, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, so this is uh, George C. Wolfe, who directed Ma, May, uh, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, the um, film the film that I went to see with uh, uh, my boy Paul, and... Um, oh, yeah, COVID, it, it, yeah. It, 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 yeah, I had, I had COVID at the time and didn't know about it, so that was fun. He didn't get it. Um, so, yeah, uh, this is Carmen Domingo playing um, Martin Luther King's assistant, who's kind of basically been scrubbed from history because he was gay. Um, this looks fucking good. I'm really looking forward to this. It just looks like a really grown-up film. It looks grown-up, but it doesn't look eat your vegetables. It doesn't look vegetables, no. 
it looks like there's going to be some vegetables, but, you know, there's also going to be a nice, I don't know, a nice little bit of lamb shank as well. <laughs> it's good. Yeah, it doesn't look just hearty. It looks like it's going to have a little bit of, it's going to have some flavour. Yeah, abs- ab- yeah, absolutely. And Chris Rock playing like a homophobic twat. Cool. <laughs> yeah, that's it, actually, but yeah. You know, why not? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, I'm really, really looking forward to Rustin. That's November. Um, like Netflix, man. They've got some good shit coming. Um, but not good shit, I, I, I think, maybe. Pain Hustlers. So, yeah. The yeah. guy who directed the Fantastic Beasts films watched The Wolf of Wall Street. Brilliant. I literally turned out of Bex after the trailer finished and just said, I don't know what that is about but that trailer had the opposite effect of what they're supposed to do. And yeah, you're right. It, it does look like it's just Wolf of Wall Street on a budget, like a real budget. Yeah, yeah. Not into that at all. Just, uh, do, 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 do you know what it's about? Dreaming of a better life for her and her young daughter, Lisa Drake, her high school dropout, lands a job at a failing pharmaceutical startup in a yellowing strip mall. In central Florida, Lisa's charm, guts and drive catapult the company and her into the high life where she soon finds herself at the centre of a criminal conspiracy with deadly consequences. Just, it just, yeah, it just, when, when people say that, that, that Netflix just fucking churn out just meh, mm. this is the meh. Sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, did we talk about Rebel Moon? We okay, did, yes. Right, that's fine. Ferrari, um, so kind of mentioned it earlier on. Um, I mean, I'm into it, but it's a film about Enzo Ferrari directed by Michael Mann. Like, I, yeah, it, it little bit. How could I not be into it? You, you literally, you literally have me directed by Michael Mann. Mm. Mm. You know, it's. I like the fact that the trailer it is. It makes you look and go, oh, is this more insider Michael Mann, where it's just going to be just just really just good filmmaking. Just while we're on the F1 stuff before we move on, have either of you guys seen the trailer for that Schumacher documentary that's coming out? No. On Netflix, apparently. No. Hmm? Yeah, just a big old documentary about Michael Schumacher's career. I will watch the fuck out of that. Nice. <laughs> nice. Nice. It sounds like we're going to be reviewing that one then. <laughs> yeah, but I can't find when it's out. I'll try and find out. Yep. Yeah, good trailer. Reminds you of what a fucking powerhouse he was as well. Nice. Um, yeah. Taylor Swift, the era's tour. Won't be going to see it myself, but I hope people I will, it. thanks. Um, yep. I didn't get, you know, I didn't get tickets to see her in Cardiff, so, you know. Um, yeah, yeah it, I, th- I think it's a really good idea doing the doing it as a as a, as a concert film. I think it's a really good idea. I, I don't know why. I don't know why more big touring artists don't do something it's like all right. that. You know, you can't charge people three hundred quid for tickets. No, but you but you you're going to charge people three hundred quid for tickets anyway because they've only got to see the actual dick. Mm. It's already done like over forty million dollars in pre-sales in the US. Like, but that's. Yeah, no, but that's that's why that's why they won't that's why they won't do them loads because then they'll want to. No, but like for things like, for instance, the fact that, that that tours are becoming like a big thing again. You know, I think people. You know, not every fucking artist, but like, 
like the the era's tour like the Beyonce one even though everybody seems really bored at those gigs mm. uh, in fact everyone I know that's been to the Beyonce uh, whatever it is tour that she's doing at the moment yeah. has said the same thing it's shit it's boring what about Snow Patrol 4DX <laughs> maybe not but like they fucking but I'm surprised that some of these more, more of them don't just do it jabs you in the back when the chorus to chasing cars kicks in sorry sorry <laughs> just that's just swaying you really fucking quickly <laughs> sorry face it's an attempt to keep like the exclusivity of the experience no I just don't think um, that I don't, I, yeah I just think it, that it's just there's, there's such a lack of imagination mm. it's like it took it, it literally took them what 30 40 years to go hang on a minute if not everybody can make it to the theater why don't we record them and show them at the cinema <laughs> yeah. yeah and now they're incredibly successful mm. it just it seems like it, it, I, I i hope that this makes it become a thing yeah Ian, have you seen the trailer for the stage show for Spirited Away? Uh, yes. God, I really want to go see that. The stage show of My Neighbour Totoro is doing some more dates in London over, like, towards Christmas, I think. I'm kind of interested in that, I must say. Spirited Away's, like, next day. Yeah, of, yeah. At the Coliseum. In the Coliseum. What, yep. in Rome? No, no, the London Coliseum. <laughs> I just don't know if I can justify that ticket price. How much is it? Minimum 90, maximum around 50. Fuck's sake. Yeah, all right. Um, yep. Yep. It looks amazing, though. Um, Godzilla minus one. New trailer for that. Still think that concept is fucking hilarious. Yep. Godzilla revenge movie. <laughs> totally fucking up for it. Um, just, just the whole, like... After World War Two, Japan had zero. Now minus one, because here's Godzilla. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> but I, I, I just I like the fact that at the end of the trailer, they're like, "This creature will never forgive us for this." It's like, what the fuck have you done? So you've pissed off Godzilla. Ah, uh, you silly bastards! Brilliant. <laughs> Even the synopsis doesn't actually say anything about what happens. It's just. Godzilla appears in post-World War II Japan, which is at its low point at zero, and knocks the country down once with a negative. Jesus Christ. It feels so callous, though. Just, they're at zero, (laughs) fuck it, knock them down one, put Godzilla in there. I just... Man... I, yeah, but I think the end of the trailer is like experience it in IMAX, and it's like if I fucking can, I will. Oh yeah, I I am very much like oh I hope I can. Jesus Christ! Right, uh, very short teaser trailer for May December, a film that is going to trigger the fuck out of Mark. Oh, I haven't seen right. This one. So May December, new film from the director of Carol, Todd Haynes. Oh yeah, yep. stars Julianne Moore and Natalie Portman. Natalie Portman is yep. an actress who is playing Julianne Moore's character. Julianne Moore's character is, I think, a teacher who fucked her student, went to prison, came out, and then her and the student are living together. And it's a bit of a dark comedy where all the reviews so far just seem to be going, well, you know, they get over that hurdle quite well. And it's like, that sounds... It's a spiritual... 
It's a spiritual sequel to That's My Boy. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> I mean, if that's the way that you want to compartmentalise it, sure. I am going to. <laughs> I just, like, it just... If it wasn't Todd Haynes and if it wasn't Natalie Portman and Julianne Moore... People would have problems I'd... with it. It... In, in the same way as... And, 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 bear in mind, I am looking forward to Poor Things. But in the same way as Poor Things apparently is incredibly horny <laughs> and Yorgos Lanthimos is a genius, Michael Bay once showed... <laughs> once showed Megan Fox's midriff in a fucking, in a film and what a pervy bastard. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, like, to be... To be fair, is it the start, like the opening, like shot of Megan Fox in Transformers or Transformers Two? Is literally her bent over a motorbike and it's just her ass. Yep. The f- horny seems to be coming back though. That's the thing. It seems horny is it's, coming back. It, it yeah. seems to be a thing that film Twitter and whatnot or film X is 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 into. And you know after. But that's completely backlashing against like younger people seeming to be a bit more conservative when it comes to that kind of stuff these days. But yeah, I, I yeah, May December. I feel like that's going to be a problem, and I'm more, way more in the tank for Todd Haynes than I think either of you are, quite frankly. And I'm a bit like, right, that film's got a really fucking high bar of difficulty to get over for me. I am a I I have a either I really like Todd Haynes movies or I'm like nope sorry you just you just trying to sh- you just trying to show up how smart you think you are now and by the way Todd Haynes is a very smart man so mm. Mm. Uh, I think the, I think I've only got one more and it's one that came out today if I've got two Go more uh, have you got any more Bex? I don't think so. I've watched news, Mark. So I think the, we've all got the same one of the same ones left. Is it magical? Yes. Ian, is your one magical? Uh, I'd say it's probably magical, yeah. Okay. My other one is what happens later? The Meg Ryan, David Duchovny, Meg Ryan directed rom-com. Ooh! Yeah. So David Duchovny, Meg Ryan in a rom-com, which I believe is written and directed by... Does, does he still look like he's wearing a mask of his own face? No, he doesn't look. He doesn't look like he's sponsored by craft services. Okay, good. Good for him. Um, but it's basically they get trapped in a uh, an airport overnight together, and they used to date, and that's it. Yeah, yeah. really, it's that kind of rom com, but it's a full blown like rom com. Wow. All right. Um, and do you know what? I'm watching it going. Yep, yep, all over. I will absolutely spend a hundred minutes with those two just jollying around the airport, just kind of falling back for each other. This this could not be more made for you. Yeah. Good. Nope. Looks great. Genuinely, I think it looks brilliant. It, yeah, it does look good. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like rom-coms as a, as a general rule, but some, some pass the test and that... Seems like it will be one of them. I think the world needs to fucking remember just quite... Oh, I've got two more, actually. I've just remembered another one. Um, the world needs to remember how fucking just adorably brilliant Meg Ryan can be. She's, she's 
face up there. It's weird. It's hard to look at her. Well, let's just. So is Duchovny, though. Yeah. So. Yeah. Duchovny hasn't exactly. Perfect match, though, mm, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> the face fucker. She's still got that magnificent hair, though, hasn't she? Yeah. And she's still. She's still adorable. I am, I, I'm also really curious to see what she does as, like, the official queen of rom coms does. Actually, directing a rom com could be really interesting. Mm. There's like some fourth wall breaks, isn't there? In the um, uh, no, not fourth wall breaks. Like the announcers, like answer them. Oh yeah, the announcer. <laughs> at like, the, the, the announcer at the airport it seems like he's talking directly to them. <laughs> so there's the whether or not it's like a, an imagination thing or not. I don't know, mm. but it just it looks fun. It yeah. just looks fun. It does look fun. Yeah. Um, mm. New Jeff Nichols movie. Bike riders. This literally just came out like an hour ago. Apparently, I haven't had a chance yet. Um, yet looks like Mike Nichols just uh, sorry Jeff Nichols. Jeff Nichols just essentially just spent like a month watching only Sons of Anarchy yeah. and The Outsiders. <laughs> like he'd watch a season of Sons of Anarchy and then go. Fancy watching The Outsiders. Watch The Outsiders and then go, I better get back to Sons of Anarchy. And then after it's gone, I better watch The Outsiders again, you know. And they've just done that. Seven seasons of Sons and seven times watching The Outsiders. And then went, right, I'm getting a fucking typewriter out. Here we fucking go. What if if we covered what the Sons of Anarchy were doing in the 60s? (laughs) But like for copyright reasons, we just have to give them different vests, guys. Yeah. Look good though, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, looks nice. really good. It looks it, it's it's Tom Hardy essentially as the head of this motorbike gang, and Austin Butler as the heir apparent. Austin Butler as the heir apparent, which for anyone who's watched Sons sounds very familiar. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Jodie Comer, who I must say is a very good screen presence, but like I said to you, Bex, when I was watching the trailer, she needs to stop making such a point of the fact that she's doing a voice. God, Jodie Comer's Tara. Yeah, a little bit. It's Sunday Fanarchy in the 60s. It is a little bit Sunday Fanarchy in the 60s, but it does look very good. As such, obviously, we're all in. Yeah. <laughs> good. Yeah. Yeah, it looks real good. Um, yeah, and then the, yeah, then the, the one that is very much... Miyazaki's yeah. back, baby! It, do, it, looks, it looks so Miyazaki. It looks great! It looks great! I don't know whether I'm whether I'm on board with this boy protagonist situation. <laughs> what the fuck, Miyazaki? It is going to be interesting, Miyazaki yeah. having a boy protagonist. Yeah. Oh, it looks so beautiful. I don't even care what it's about. Again, another one uh, where it came up and said uh, it was in IMAX. I did look at it and think, City World do have a good record of showing Asian cinema in IMAX. I think it will get like a one-day IMAX uh, release. I could see that. I, yeah, I think it'll get. Yeah, it'll be a one weekend. You'll be able to catch it. On that yeah, one. like Suzumi and Bell got IMAX releases. If they do, I feel like th- this will quite easily. Yeah, and we saw both Ghost in the Shell and Akira on IMAX, didn't we? Oh, yeah, nice. So yeah, it it, it looks That's fantastic. Brilliant. Yeah, just really. It's 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 incredible just how much of a visual style that is just instantaneously recognisable. Oh, uh, God, yeah, Miyazaki 100%. has. Yeah, yeah. You know, and that that's not that's any any still of that movie of that trailer there 
If you'd have stopped that and gone, oh, who's this new film by? You'd have gone, well, it's Miyazaki. Mm. Just clearly, there is literally his his fingerprints are literally on it. Yeah. He drew it. Yeah. <laughs> I love how the the okay. So again, back to IMDb's plot synopses. Starts off real serious. Through encounters with his friends and uncle, follows a teenage boy's psychological development. Yeah. Gets real. Gets real geebly. He enters a magical world with a talking grey heron after finding an abandoned tower in his new town. Of course, of course, he does. Of course he does. Yeah. Sure, why not? Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Yes, please. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the same. Nice one. Okay, so um, there we are. Let's talk Vacation Friends Two. Woo! Which is directed by Clay Tarver. Stars John Cena, Lil Rel Howery, uh, Yvonne Orgy, Meredith Hagner, Carlos Santos, and Steve Buscemi. Um, the description for this on IMDb appears to be the description for the first film. Um, so, um, yeah, this. Uh, so, the two couples uh, are going on holiday together, but Lil Rel Howery's character is also trying to do some, is going to do some business after, but wouldn't you know it? The business is pushed forward, so um, like John Cena and Meredith Hagner are around when Lil Rao Howery's like, yeah, but I've got to work, so be chill. They're not chill. Then Steve Buscemi's in it, and he's Meredith Hagner's uh, dad. He's a little bit dodgy, and things happen. There you go. That, that'll do it. Um, so Vacation Friends 2, I don't think anybody knew this existed. Maybe even the people behind the film until the trailer came out uh, like two weeks ago. Um, it's it's here sequel to Vacation Friends, which obviously did well enough on Disney Plus to and and Hulu in the US to justify a sequel. Uh, I'm I'm glad that we had it, Mark. I know you were really looking forward to to it. What do you make of Vacation Friends too? Um, first of all, start with a couple of caveats. One, it's not as good as the first. No. Um, two, I think you could get rid of an entire character and their entire character story which weirdly is a big part of the story and you'd still have a really fun movie in it in the sense that I don't think it needs the instruction of Steve Buscemi's character at all No, and it becomes like a big part of the movie but I just don't think you even needed him there in any way (laughs) at all but I still had a, a, a fun time with it. It's a fun movie. It is very much knows what it's supposed to be doing, and it does it. It's silly. It's crude without being crass. I think you could say. Sure. Um, and it, it's just a bit kind of bonkers. It follows that that trend of silly comedies that you got in the uh, the late 80s and very early 90s. Mm. Um, so, you know, you things like films that I really enjoy, like Weekend at Bernie's. Yeah. They, they, they're just silliness without it being um, buffoonery. I mean, there's, there's some buffoonery. There is some buffoonery, but it feels almost real-life buffoonery. It's not quite. It's not quite spoof buffoonery. Mm, okay. It's not quite fucking Deuce Bigelow male gigolo buffoonery. I've never seen that movie. You don't need to. No one needs to see that. Uh, 
But yeah, I, I had a I had a good time with it. John Cena is a great comedian. Yeah, and I, the thing is, I, I, Vacation Friends floats along on the fact that everyone does like John Cena and he likes everyone. Mm. And that's why he's so, like... And I think having the Steve Buscemi character in there, it just fucks with the dynamics too much. It, do, it takes the, the focus away. Yeah, you, you kind of... You, you, you don't like the fact that he doesn't like him. <laughs> yeah, and I think it, it would have worked better with... The conflict, obviously mild conflict, as it was in the first one, from from what I can remember. But the conflict being with the business thing, yeah, it didn't need the bashemminess. No, but but I also yeah, I just but I had a good time with it. I'm unapologetic of that. And what's his face is badly underused as well. Who? Uh, Carlos Santos. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, give him something else to do other than just babysit. I'm sorry, but the, 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 the bit with the, why the two babies, I honestly don't know. It's, it's just brilliant. Oh, my, my heart broke a little bit when she asked him to babysit, though. Yeah. What did everyone else think of it? I mean I thought I, I thought it was perfectly decent I, we watched it Friday night after like getting back from from Spain so you know just needed something to kick back with um and it absolutely did the job you know um just yep. entertaining nothing more than that like you guys like you guys both said not as good as the first one but that's fine you know the the mm. With six and seven out of tens can be perfectly decent in the right situation, and coming back from a day of travel, like watching it after a day of traveling, is the right situation for a six or seven out exactly. of ten. Yeah, you, you, you know, when you're traveling, you're a bit tired, and you, you just kind of want something. You want to be entertained, but you don't want to be over. You don't, you don't want to be overwhelmed. You don't want a nine out of ten banger there. You don't want something that that makes you have to go. All right, do you know what I? I can't give this 98% of attention. I've got to give this 100 fucking motherfucking yeah, percent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, whereas Vacation Friends 2, I don't think you need to give this 100% of attention. You can skate along at a good 90, 95. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Do you know what? It's, it, it, it's, it's fine. It's a good, fun comedy to stick on. It's, it's like you say, it's not something that you need to really pay huge amounts of attention to. It kind of can float along in the background, and if you if you zone out for a minute or two and then come back to it, you're not going to be lost. I I like the fact that Ronnie Cheng is basically playing the same character he played in Joyride, but just getting to do a lot more and have a lot more. fun. I liked with. that Ronnie Cheng was actually just like in the end a nice guy in this. <laughs> yeah, he, he was my favorite character in this. <laughs> he wasn't just an asshole. He just he just he, he just. It's the fact that, like, he very quickly, it's like, I like you, Marcus. (laughs) But, I mean, it, it, like, in Joyride and Mafregan, he is, like, dickhead businessman. It was nice, it was nice to see him be nice businessman. (laughs) It's kind of weird that Ronnie Chang, who doesn't necessarily feel like a businessman presence, has been a businessman in three films this year. But, (laughs) yeah, there we are. Yeah, but I and mean, this one is the one that he got to have the most kind of fun, and and the fucking the drinking competition thing was great. Yeah, yeah, the drinking. Them thinking that that guy was dead. Yeah, just the fact that at the end as well, it's like 
he's there, he's there and it's like right they're gonna have another round it's like oh fuck i want to watch that <laughs> yeah yeah the thing is you could see in like you could see this getting a third film why not yeah because you know it's not like any of the cast you know have grown beyond it or anything like that no no um there's plenty of scope for it. It's basically, yeah, we just send them on vacation and get them to twat around for like for, for the three days. I want to see them on safari. But yeah, you could oh, do something like that. I think you just called it, Bex. Yeah, <laughs> safari, and at one point, like a fucking, like a fucking condor or something like that. Fucking John Cena just goes, that condor's about to shit. <laughs> No, you need to have a condor pick up Lil Rel Howery. Yeah. Because <laughs> those things are mm. huge. Very big. And then he uses his park ranger skills to track the condor to its nest and rescue it. Yeah, you see, that sounds just I'm a fucking... Yeah, I mean, I'm a fucking genius. I'm a... Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and you added to it, Bex. You know. Yeah. It, it was my idea. <laughs> no, I, it was my idea about the condor picking him up, though. Uh, you okay. fucker. Safari was my idea. There I am trying to give you credit, and then you're like, "Nah, fuck you. This is my idea." <laughs> well, I think you're all wrong because Vacation Friends Three was my idea. <laughs> Vacation Friends Three, African Adventure. <laughs> See, this shit just writes itself. <laughs> See, we, we know our we know our reach when this. Vacation all Friends Four, Lost in Bangkok. <laughs> <laughs> See, I'd watch all of these. I mean, that's just Hangover Two, isn't it? No. Yeah, watch Hangover Two again. <laughs> um, what would be funny is if, if 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 like Hangover Two was just happening in the background at one point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my God, they're in the same universe. <laughs> Crossover. Oh, <laughs> um, I, I mean, I'm definitely not shit on it. It's a good time. Yeah, it's definitely not shit. It's not. It's not a stone cold banger, but it's it's definitely not. Shit. Vacation Friends Five, Helsinki Hangover. <laughs> <laughs> I've watched that as well. Oh, oh, definitely not shit. Yeah. Great. Yeah, no, not great, <laughs> but really good. Fun. Yeah. Our audience poll, uh, definitely shit 50%, shit 50%. Fair play. <laughs> nice. Okay. Um, as we're... Not everyone enjoys joy. Um, as, we're, um, as we're already close to the water, let's talk about Meg 2, The Trench, di- directed by Ben Wheatley. Um, starring Jason Statham, Jing Wu, Shuya, Sophia Kai, Cliff Curtis, and Paige Kennedy. Um, a research team encounters multiple threats while exploring the depths of the ocean, including a malevolent mining operation. Bex, what did you think about Meg 2, The Trench? I I didn't get to Meg 2, The Trench. Might watch this at work. Alrighty then. Mark. But I loved it. <laughs> nice. Mark. Yeah. Meg 2, The Trench. I I think I might want to be the only be one of the only people to say this, but I think it's better than the Meg. Agree. It's just, it's just more fun than the Meg. It's kind of more what I hoped the Meg would be. Is it all like overblown and bullshitty? Like just like it, it's everywhere. not quite as overblown as I want, as I still want it to be. <laughs> yeah. It's not quite piranha 
three double no, D. No, but Bex, Jason Statham says to someone just before he's eaten by a Meg, "See you later, chum." <laughs> chum. Yeah, he does do that. Nice. See, I really wanted to watch this, but I didn't want to watch it without having rewatched the first one again first. So I will get to it. Yeah. I- I had a really good time with it. It's fun. It's it's broken up into a couple of little bits. So you've got the bit where they're actually in the trench, um, uh, which is really which is really quite good and really quite tense and feels a little bit more kind of sci-fi. And then you've got the the outright just silliness of when they get back on land. And I like the fact that it's just I I I I, I like it that it's just in broad fucking daylight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I what you said basically, Mark. I think this is Ben Wheatley kicking back and just having a fucking laugh, and probably earning a really, really good paycheck, and going, mm. "Fuck it, I'm gonna push this as much as I can with a PG-13." It's a shame it's a PG-13 again. I'll say that, but it's. The trench stuff. Yeah, it is a shit. The trench stuff is is interesting. You know, could you have done a whole film of that? Probably not. I think they they spend about the the, the right amount of time on that. Yeah, I, I was a little bit worried when when they went into when when it, when it was the trench bit. And I thought, ooh, is is this going to be the majority of it here? And the trailer was all like out of the trench bits, and that that's all like the end five minutes or something. But no, they they spent like the right amount of time. Was it like twenty minutes, twenty five minutes? Yeah, yeah. And then literally again, I was thinking when they get into that submarine, I was thinking, all right, is this going to be them having a battle battle to get out of the trench against all these megs? And it's like, nope. Literally, the next scene, they're fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, and, you know, and it, it's it's doing it's doing different stuff from from the first one. You know, this time you've got like actual real, not just Rain Wilson being a dick. You got Rongans kind of up in there as well, and they're boo hiss bad guys. They're twats, you know. And it, it, yeah, this film just knows exactly what it is. And no, it's not able to be an eighteen gore fest, and you know, there's not tits everywhere and swearing. But hey, do you know what? If I was a fucking twelve, thirteen year old having a crack at this, ah, oh, I'd be having the time of my life. I'd be. I. Oh, you'd have a great time. I. I like the fact as well that it doesn't try and hide the fact that Skylar Samuels is the bad guy. Is <laughs> like the, what is it? There's a literally a scene where, where it's like somebody sabotaged it, and then she kind of like almost like smiles it, at the camera and goes, "Oh, really?" It's literally. Ah. Yeah. It like it just cuts to her, <laughs> and yeah. it's. I mean, it, well done. It's it's Wheatley having a like you say a real good amount of fun and going. I might never get to play with all these toys again. So here I'm going to do this shit and this shit and this. And, shit. and that's it though, isn't it? Like it is Ben Wheatley. Just got, I bet he just got the offer. And he was like, "Fuck it, why not?" I bet that's exactly yeah. what he said. And and, yeah. and and the thing is, you know, why not? Let, let, you know, being honest. You, I bet Ben Wheatley has, is doing okay, but has not made a great deal of money out of like the the, the movies, some of the movies he makes, because of, of the style of the movies that he yeah. makes. But this, it's a well-made film. It looks better than The Meg. Yeah, fair. Mm. Um, 
it looks like the you know it's a hundred thirty million dollar movie, but it looks like a hundred thirty million dollar movie. He gets Statham. I think my problem that I have with the Meg was Statham wasn't doing Jason Statham things. Yeah. Whereas Jason Statham is doing Jason Statham things here. Okay. You know he gets to be you know a badass. He's yeah. He's a bit. He's a bit neutered because I, I I watched the first Meg last week and it, he's just he is a bit neutered in it and it's it doesn't yeah. quite yeah you're right it's not quite got the stafe but like by the end here where you got the stafe on a jet ski going against a Meg with a harpoon it's just like yeah yeah, yeah. No, okay this is this is yes please <laughs> yep. really yeah, really enjoyed it yeah I, don't, I had a good time watching the Meg actually too also I. The more I talk about it, the better time I'm having. Enjoyed the closing credits as well with the Chinese language cover of the Ting Tings, That's Not My Name. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I know this fucking tune. What is this? And it breaks into the chorus. It's like, what? Yeah. It came out of that. It's just a Ting Tings, but it's not. And then it started going. I was like, oh, God, just, yeah, go on then. You know your audience for this movie without question. Let's do a shit Chinese cover of That's Not My Name. Why, Why not? Yep. Um, yeah, yeah. Look, and the thing, like Ben Wheatley, would I rather he be making films like this, or would I rather he be making films like Rebecca? Let oh, me God, think. Yeah. yeah, this is. Yeah, it's it's. I, I thought Rebecca was, but I was starting to worry a little bit about Ben Wheatley after Rebecca. <laughs> um, and then this, I'm like, yeah. Do you know what? Yeah, it, it's a cracking film. A batshit career, and I love it. Good on him. <laughs> yeah. Not not all not all I, of them work, but hey, not all of them work. But at least he doesn't. At least he doesn't just lean into one genre and keep going back to that. Well, I it'd be funny if he just did something else really random next. Yeah, and uh, hey, you know, like the, the dude wouldn't know me from Adam, but I've had a couple of interactions with him in my time, and he seems like a perfectly nice guy as well. Glad, glad yeah. he's just made. He's obviously just taking the money and had some fun with this one. Good on him. Yeah, met, met him, met him once years ago, and um, it's him. I good yeah. dude. Yeah. Uh, all right, cool. Definitely not shit. Oh, What's the audience poll? Yeah. Uh, definitely shit. Thirteen percent. Oh come on. Shit, sixty-three percent, and Geostorm twenty-four percent. I mean, you know, people have been snarky about it on Letterboxd as well and it's like if if your complaint is it's just not the 18 rated one I'd like it to be fair enough I'll be mm. honest any it, like of other complaints I'm a bit what were you expecting yeah what what yeah I, I saw a few people saying it's just silly it, you know Jason Statham would he that he that we would have been crushed by that neg at the oh, end mm. it would have just landed on him it's like it starts with like six. That, that's that's the bit that you're going to pick up on. None of the rest of it. It's a film that starts with sixty-five million years ago, and it's a dinosaur yeah. getting fucking eaten by a Meg. That's yeah. the film. This is. Yeah. yeah. And and my brain occasionally, um, occasionally just basically accuses me of being a fucking idiot. Occasionally. So my brain, when it came up and said, and it said, <laughs> sixty-five million years ago, the Cretaceous period. My brain went to me and went, "That's not sixty-five million years ago. Being black and white, if it was." 
that I mean that's good. Actually, and that just reminded me of when they're like, it translates to Fun Island, and then it cuts, and it's just a massive title going Fun Island. <laughs> fun. That's <Island. laughs> yeah. great. <laughs> this film knows yeah, exactly what film. he's doing. I. Oh yeah, it, it, it on every level does. Yeah. CS3P Combat. Player one, choose your character. Tired of film and television podcasts where the hosts exist in a blissful state of agreement? Player two, choose your character. While you're in luck. Punter. Round one, fight. Allow me to introduce you to the Chinstroker vs. Punter podcast, featuring two film and television fans from Birmingham, England, who enjoy their media in very different ways. But anyway, that brings us to the end of the plot of Blue Velvet. The plot. I mean, the main characters are two of the dullest main characters I have ever encountered in any film. So join us as we catch up on what we've been watching from our own very different perspectives. Double KO. Round two. Fight. You can find us at csvsp.libson.com, also on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, all the places that podcasts can be found. It just really, it's isn't. not visually striking. No, I just just getting confirmation. It's just in That's the third time, though. I mean, am I, is this on? Um. So, uh, I, I don't know where to start. Actually, do we start with Mark? Do we start with Bex? Do we do a bit, a little bit of round robin? I don't know. How do you guys want to do it? Should we do the ones that we watch together? Can do. Then we can do. I can do them separately. The ones I watch together, the ones I watch on my own. Okay. That way it breaks up my voice a little bit. You've got a beautiful voice. Yeah. So we need to be a little bit non-spoilery on this one, don't we? Yes. Okay. Um. So we watched Cobweb. Yeah. Um. I mean, I'm not ever going to watch this film, so like, if you want to just all spoilers all uh, all the time for it and get into it, please do. We can do if you want. So, guys, all spoilers all the time for Cobweb. I just and it's just because I can't be asked. I don't know that that film. It, it, you don't yeah, okay, asked. fine. Um, it, it's a horror film that even Becky, you found a little bit meh, didn't you? Well. I... I'll, I'll be I'll be perfectly honest. I don't particularly like Lizzie Kaplan in stuff. I don't think she's a warm screen presence mm. at all. Uh, but she's not she's not creepy enough to be a cold screen presence. She's she's objectively bad in this. She really is. Yeah. I, I was at, at, at the points where she's bad during like the, the the first half of the film that she's in. I was thinking right. She she isn't she isn't this bad. This is part of the character. There's something that's going to come out later on that is explains why she's acting like this and why she's doing this. I, I was assuming she's not his mum. Yeah, no, she is. Oh, okay. All right. Sorry. Uh, I thought that as well. Um, but then, yeah, it it is just that she is just really bad in it. it oh wow! It, cobweb, <laughs> okay. cobweb feels. Like, it's three different scripts that they've cherry-picked all of the worst bits from. And then, when they've started writing it, they've gone, 
Should have a, I might have a break right in this. Might have a bit of a break. I've got the cinema. What's playing? Oh, Malignant's playing. That new horror from James Wan. All right, cool. Yeah, they come back and go, got a great idea, guys. Completely changing the end of the movie. Right. But the problem is it's nowhere near as fun as Malignant, is it? No. No, it's... Do you know what? It's, it's a little while since you watched this. Did the girl that went missing turn out to be a false flag? Yeah. Because we... Cause Don't go anywhere with it. There's a lo- there, there is a lot of play. No, she killed it, didn't she? The sister killed it. Oh. Ah, when, yes. Yeah. But, but it just does nowhere. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So basically, they've trapped... They've trapped... His youngest... His older sister... His older sister. In the walls? It, no, the trapped her in a basement. Oh, and she's escaped into the walls. And she's escaped into the walls. And she's... She's talking to him. He's really badly bullied, and his parents are really weird with him. Yeah. But it turns out they're really weird with him because they've got this secret that they've got her trapped in the basement. Because she's a monster. Because she's a monster. But the sister is telling him it's because they're abusive yeah and to let her free and all this kind of stuff yeah so is she actually a monster or is it that they're abusive no she is a monster oh all right it they're, would be better if they were abusive it would be better if they're abusive yeah and, 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 and the thing is once it once it isn't that and it's just that the sister is a monster but then the sister has all of these like heightened sense powers doesn't she yeah and it's like so you, you can do all of this. You can literally tear a, a man in two, but you can't break through a little bit of drywall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so then he lets her out. She kills them. She kills his bully. She kills, but she kills the mum as well, doesn't she? Yeah, and the dad. And the dad. Yeah. And the. The, so, the, uh, so oh, okay. So to go back a bit, the the boy's really badly bullied at yeah. school, um, and he pushes the bully down some stairs. Pushes the bully down some stairs and gets expelled, yeah. suspended. Mm. Um, but because he's badly bullied, he spends his like recess in the classroom and makes friends with the substitute teacher, yeah. who then starts coming round. There's too many fucking the, threads. There's to too it, many threads then. that go nowhere that make no sense. Like the kid who's bullying it, it turns out he's that his brothers are like street hoods who go around the house and just start smashing it up randomly. It's yeah. like that went from like like a like a low level like these kids are bullies to being like what like fucking <laughs> yeah. Michael Pitt and what's his name in <laughs> what's it called? Oh, funny games. Funny games, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, the teacher kind of Miss Honeys him, doesn't she? Yeah. And, like, gets all up in his biz. Um, it's just... We're over-explaining it. And then it just ends. It, yeah, it literally just, like... It literally just ends. And he goes to live with his teacher. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's it. Sounds shit, guys! It, it, it is, it is. It's it, a fucking mess. It's a mess. It's... 88 minutes and um, Anthony Starr all he does in it is stand still and turns his head and his shoulders slightly in one direction and then says something and then turns back and walks away that is all he does in the film literally yeah it literally it, 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 <laughs> it's, 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 it's like he was on some like heavy medication and was like I can't actually like, all, all the movement I have is this it's it's so forgettable. Yep. 
Um, so what else do we watch? We also watched Tenacious D, The Pick of Destiny. Nice. <laughs> Good movie. Did. I never loved that, actually. Yeah, we did. Um, Why did we? Just out of interest. Be- because, um, for some reason, Tenacious D kept on coming up in a playlist that you had on the car. <laughs> Uh, and we'd gone out for the day and so we'd listened to quite a bit of Tenacious D and then we were like what do you fancy watching tonight? and we both went do you fancy watching? What, what song Ian do you think kept coming up off of Tenacious D? I don't know Kickapoo? Nope Fuck her gently Oh yeah, yeah alright <laughs> Yeah um, so yes we watched Tenacious D um, it's, it's, it's incredibly silly uh, but incredibly fun at the same time. Yeah, it's... Yeah. It's of its time, for sure. Yeah. For stupidity. Good laugh, though, isn't it? That's the thing. It is really good fun, yeah. Uh, yeah. And it, yeah, it, 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 is, it is a good laugh. It's, and if, if I remember correctly, it's got that kind of like innocent thing where it's not making jokes against people. Like, it... it, it or am I wrong? Like, there's like no, no gay or it, racial it, kind of humour in it. No, there's no gay or racial thing. It, it's fairly uh, kind of like Gas comes across as a little bit of a creep, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah. But that's but but that's about it. Yeah, he goes to a college party basically, and they try and hook yeah. up with some girls that are way too young for him. Yeah. But I think. But it kind of makes a joke of that. But I think the idea in the in the movie though is they're supposed to be young playing them. They're they're supposed to be their young selves, but they're just playing their young selves. Yeah. I think he's supposed to be about their age. Yeah. But he's just he's obviously not. But the, the, yeah, it's a really joke is that he, yeah. he he's, he's been bald since he was a young man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, you can cover this one, Max. Oh, uh, so we 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 re, we rewatched Resident Evil. Welcome to Raccoon City. Oh, it's on Netflix now, isn't it? Is, yeah. yeah, yeah. Literally, the day it arrived on Netflix, Beck's like, "Do you fancy watching it?" You're gonna say Resident Evil, aren't you? But he agrees. <laughs> I, like, I just thought, really excited. I'm gonna say to yeah. Otherwise, for the next like six months, every night, I'm like, "No, I don't want to watch Resident Evil." That, <laughs> Raccoon City. That film's all I right, thought, man. It's, it's fine. Fun. Yeah, it's fun. Oh, I know, but I like. I think I, this was my fifth time watching it since it came out in the cinema, <laughs> and it's only wow. two years old. <laughs> Yeah, um, it's it's just so fucking faithful to the games, though. It's so good. I love it. I I, I must admit, I do enjoy it. I I do like uh, um Donald Logs in it, and as the sheriff. Oh yeah. And it's an awful lot of fun in it. <laughs> it's every time I watch it, I re-remember the fact that the dude out of um, uploads in it, and yeah. go, oh my god, I forgot that the guy from uploads in it. One yeah. of the amounts. The, the the, the 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 now known as the not dickhead Amel. Is it Robbie Amel? Yeah. Right. Is there a is there a dickhead Amel? Yeah, the other one, his brother, who's Arrow, is a bit of a dickhead. Oh, okay. He just comes out with some absolute shite. What did he do? He finger a panda. No, he, he, no, he, he basically was very much like he he's supported some like right wing causes and thinks that um, act of striking is an act of self harm and all this lot. And Robbie and Mel has kind of come out and gone, well, you know, you don't have to agree with your brother about everything. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, but yeah, yeah I, I, I would gladly watch more of this iteration of Resident Evil. Oh God, yeah, 100%. Um, Did you say it's more. getting a sequel? It, it, it's still apparently is, is, is in, the, in the works, yeah. Nice. 
we've got two more, I think, that we watched together, haven't we, Bex? Uh, one, two, yes. So we watched... Um, one, three, four... Oh. What? What? Oh, yeah, we do, yeah. Uh, 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 yeah, I forgot about that one. No, we didn't, we didn't, we didn't finish one of those. Yeah. So, we rewatched Beverly Hills Cop. <laughs> yeah, we did. Hmm. Um, it's just a fucking just. It's a tour de force of entertainment and charisma. Is Beverly Hills Cop? Yeah, it, yeah, it's really good. To be fair, it's. I, I, I always think I'm not really much of an Eddie Murphy fan, and then I watch an Eddie Murphy film, and I'm like, oh, you know, all right, it's fine. fine. It's Ed, Eddie Murphy in the eight, 80s Eddie Murphy. Is a is a beautiful thing. Yeah, fucking unstoppable. He is just so charismatic and so watchable and so mm. fun. And the great thing is, if you made Beverly Hills Cop now mm. uh, with somebody, you'd kind he he would Axel Foley would kind of come across as a bit of an arrogant dickhead. Yeah, but he isn't in this. He's just. It's almost like he knows he's good, but he also knows that a lot of it is just accidental <laughs> look that he's doing. And he he's actually just a nice guy as well. Mm. Like, he's playing with the with um, Judge Reinhold and... Um, what's it? Oh, shit. John Ashton. But he also does really... Respect them because they're fellow cops. Yeah, and he doesn't want to get him in trouble, but he also wants to kind of find out what happens to his friend. Yeah, yeah. It's I like I like the fact that all the way through it, you think that Ronnie Cox is in on it, <laughs> and then you find out that he's not, <laughs> and that he's actually a really good guy. Mm. Yeah, um, and just Stephen Burkoff is great as like the actual the shit heel bad guy. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was good fun. Uh, what else do we watch? Uh, this one. Yep. Oh. Uh, we watched. Um, I, d- I don't know how we actually came across this, but we watched No Man of God, um, which is a uh, what's his face? What's his name? Oh, Elijah Wood, starring Manhunter expanded kind of mind hunter kind of expanded thing isn't it like, yeah it's about mm. the the birth of the profiling um of like serial killers department of yeah of the serial killers and it's about the ted bundy interviews yeah um it, it it's very low energy and it's very slow but it's contemplative rather than boring like it's really interesting to watch yeah it, it's 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 a hundred minute movie where i would say a good 70 minutes 70 80 minutes of it is just Elijah Wood and Luke Kirby who plays Ted Bundy just talking to each other in a room just talking to each other yeah Um, and it's not all like tense talking there's just like there's just them occasionally just kind of chatting about like life yeah (laughs) it's really kids yeah yeah. it's really odd um, in that sense I actually really enjoyed it um It's Good written, find, yeah. yeah. It's written by uh, Robert Cargill, um, who wrote um, sinister movies. Yeah, oh, yeah. Not okay. so strange like that, but it was written under a pen name. Right. Um, Cargill Robert. 
<laughs> yeah. No, no, that's, that, that's too obvious. <laughs> Roberto Cargill. Mm. Um, Kit Lesser. <laughs> What's the... Oh, okay. That is it, yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, probably wrote it under a pen name just for a why not. But yeah, yeah a really, like, really enjoyable little... If, if you're a person who likes like these true crime things, I think there's a there's an element of intrigue to it. Yeah, but I mean, we're not super into like the whole true crime, like the documentaries and stuff like that. But then it was still the the, the dramatization of that process was really well done. Yeah, yeah. I I think at points it tries to get a little bit too visually poetic at points. Yeah. Yeah. That there's a little bit like. Right, that's not as interesting as the bit, other bits you're doing. You're mm. doing really well at directing the the conversations. Then don't just show me random imageries of clouds and bits like that. <laughs> that doesn't make sense. Yeah, but I think the idea was that it was like Ted speaking to Ted Bundy was affecting. I can't remember because Elijah Wood's character is based on a real person. Bill Hagen. Oh. Um, Hagen. That's it. And like how how talking to Ted. Because he was like apparently quite a charismatic guy, and he made yeah. a lot of sense when people talked to him. So he was starting to be like, "Well, anybody could be like this. Am I? Am I like this? Yeah, the, the, have the, I got this in me?" The, that, that's the interesting bit mm. there, isn't it? There's the there's a point, and it, it's obviously it's based around a lot of like the actual recordings. Mm. But like, there's, there's a bit where he where Ted Bunnyby says, "Do you think you could kill somebody?" <laughs> and you're expecting to go, "No, I couldn't do that." And he's like, "Well, yeah, actually, I probably could." Yeah. <laughs> Do I have the means to do it? Yeah. Do I have the intelligence to get away with it? Yeah. I could probably kill someone and get away with it. Yeah. But could you live with it, Elijah? And he's like, yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> and you kind of watch me expecting to be like, no, I'm not a monster and all this. It's like, oh, probably if the moment called for it. Yeah, I reckon I could do it. Um, and then you have, there's, a, an, there's a bit where you think there's going to be an altercation here where he's like, you know... Bundy's in the appeal process and he's saying, you know, it'll fall down to like, you know, whether or not they think that I am insane or not. Mm. Um, and I was like, yeah, yeah, that's what it's going to fall down to. He's like, and like, so my solicitors, uh, 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 basically the doctors they've got have said I am. And the solicitors that the defense, defense have got, are say, uh, the, the prosecution have got, are saying that I'm not. Mm. And so it falls down to you, doesn't it? And he's like, yeah, and, like, and what are you going to say? Well, you're not insane. It's like, yeah, you're right, I'm not. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> fair enough. Yeah. It's every bit where you're thinking there's going to be a bit of drama here, there's just not. <laughs> mm. Um, mm. And then, mm. what else do you want to watch, Becky? Well, you can do this one, because this is like, this is one of your like pet films. Isn't it's it? a comfort movie for me, yeah. this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we rewatched Premium Rush. <laughs> Which. <laughs> Right, the David Kett movie, um, starring Joseph Gordon-Levitt um, and Michael Shannon in just I am having so much fun with this character; it's unreal. Mm. <laughs> Do you know? What? I always, I always misremember though how kind of like weirdly off-script it seems to go. Like it's supposed to be about these bike couriers, and then it gets all into like human trafficking and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. Like it's got a real kid detective energy. Human in trafficking the... wins in this as well. Yeah. <laughs> it isn't about what it's about <laughs> all the way. No. And yeah, it's. <laughs> You've got Michael Shannon's character has it like an all-time great fucking maniacal laugh along like the level of. Jonah Hill in War Dogs level of just like 
Where did that come from and why is it so brilliant? <laughs> Do they stab Michael Shannon in the end? He gets shot in the back of the head, don't they? Yeah, he does. Yeah. Yeah. It's... I really enjoy this movie. It's such a treat. Yeah. It's such a throwback to a game like mid-90s kind of thrillers that were aimed at kids. Like, like, like teens. I don't think it is. Oh, it is. It is. It's aimed at like teenagers. Yeah, it's it's aimed at like upper teenagers, so it's aimed at people from like thirteen to about seventeen. Yeah. Yeah. It's about human trafficking. They don't care about that bit. They just care about the bike things going really fast and Michael Shannon laughing maniacally. Okay. Yeah. And shouting, "Suck it." Suck it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't like the word douchebag. Gets thrown around too much. Like people don't really know how bad it is. <laughs> Yeah, random one. Yeah, really fucking enjoyed my rewatch of that. <laughs> right, I'll let someone else talk for a little bit now. Uh, Bex, you got, you got. Um... I've still got loads. I've got a few on my own. Um, yeah, go on, buddy. So, well, I've, hmm. so I've got quite a lot on my own, but I want to talk about them as a holistic whole, and I am eight and a half ninths of the way through. No, actually, eight and a half elevenths. Really. Right. So I'll talk about them next week. I'm off at the last bits. I've been doing a mega. So you're not going to talk about all, any of those? No. You're not, all right, cool. Have you got anything else to talk about? Yeah, so oh, I went God. to the cinema to see Haunted Mansion. Yeah, you did, didn't you? Oh, shit. Okay, yeah. Um. Oh. Well, like, it's not, it's not bad. And I, and I said to you, didn't I? You were up for this, though, weren't you? So yeah. I'm, I'm already a little bit disappointed by the um. <laughs> it's just a fucking mess, to be honest. It's, it's, it's really um, the acting's a bit. I feel like what they've tried to do here is is kind of recreate cinematically the experience of going on the ride. And I haven't been on the ride, but I've heard stuff about the ride, and I think. From some of the imagery and stuff that's in this, I think that's what they've been going for. And I don't know whether they've succeeded. I've never been on the Haunted Mansion ride at, at Disney World or Disneyland or wherever the fuck it's at. But Did, it, did you go on it here? The, the, the ride? Yeah. 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 Because there's like bits that are seen through windows and there's like rooms turning round and there's, there's like all this kind of stuff and it, it feels like watching a dramatisation of a haunted house at a theme park. Mm. As such, it, it doesn't necessarily 100% work as a film. Right. But also, you've got this, like... So you've got that. This this is why, what I mean about it being really super messy, is you've got that, and that stupid chaoticness is really fucking fun really really fucking fun and makes it ideal for like like a kid's introduction to horror kind of thing like yeah it's, it's a little bit spooky but it's not really scary and it's daft and it's exciting yes on the flip side of that you've got lakeith stanfield really dealing very badly with the death of his wife all right and exploring the grief process. did he finger a panda So he's basically 
he was an astrophysicist. Astrophysicist. And he, he's developed this camera that can capture the dead, like through special lenses. Mm. She they meet randomly at a bar on New Year's and she happens to do like haunted tours of New Orleans. Mm. Happy, happy, happy. Then it just skips forward a few years and he's running the tours. She's died. And he's running the tours for her, no longer an astrophysicist. Um, and then gets asked to go and help this um, woman, Rosario Dawson, um, and her son who have moved. Mo- Ian? What? Sorry, were you just in the middle of a road? <laughs> Oh shit, no, I got my window open and a car just drove past, but what? Really? Was it that? Wow, okay. It's like, honestly, it sounded like you were a train going through Really? A Sorry, apologies. No, that's fine. Just making sure no, no, yeah, no, I'm fine. Odd by my review of Haunted Mansion, you'd walk from the <laughs> Sorry. Um, so yeah, so he, he gets asked by Owen Wilson's priest to go and help this woman who's moved into this house. Who plays Owen Wilson's priest? And it's haunt. No. Owen Wilson is the right. priest. Okay. Um, and it's haunted. And so... The priest is haunted. Oh, my fucking God. So he doesn't want to go. And then... I'm over-explaining it. You There's too much it. grief shit going on for a kid's film. There's too much kid's stuff going on for a film about... It's about grief. trauma. They do not mesh. It, yeah, it is. Um, and the kid's lost his dad, so they bond over their grief and blah, blah, blah. And it, it just doesn't quite work together. Sounds shit. Sounds like another... It sound it good, sounds yeah. like another family film made by someone who doesn't have a fucking family. I think so, yeah. That Which has made me really sad. Because it, it, if it had been either of those two things, it would have been great, but both of them together don't work. Because, like, for example, the, the, the much-lamented Eddie Murphy one... It's all just daft. Like the main ghost, yeah, he's he's dealing with the the death of his his wife and stuff like that. But he's the ghost, like, and it's not in a pain in a really fucking heart wrenching, painful way that he's dealing with it. He's just like trying to fucking find her in the afterlife. Mm. So it that works better because it's it's all a bit yeah. bad. So anyway, yeah, it should be better, but it's not bad, bad. Um, I also watched, oh, The Truman Show. Nice. Did you? Um, I don't know why, I don't, I can't remember what sort of put me onto, like, re- wanting to rewatch. I think I saw a screenshot of that bit, you know, where he climbs the stairs. Mm. <laughs> and I was like, fuck, I really need to rewatch The Truman Show. You have um, to wait quite a long time to get to the stairs as well. Like, good. Yeah, I know, it's good. It's good good patience, that. It's a beautiful shot. Yeah. Um, I think really interesting study of like how how voracious people's appetite is to sort of watch people. I think like reality TV and stuff like that, it's not real anymore. But I think this kind of came out 
quite a while ago, didn't it? 1998. Well, yeah. And I think it was when reality TV was a bit more raw and a bit more. Well, that, that that was that was the thing about Big Brother at the time, wasn't it? Because it was almost like this is actually a bit of a social experiment, and you know, and it, it was yeah, like you had yeah. the twenty-four hour a day cameras that you could watch, mm. and it was. It wasn't nearly as salacious as it got very quickly. It it was just that kind of anthropological kind of thing. It just yeah, yeah yeah it was like that at the time yeah. The first series of Big Brother was really interesting. Yes. Yeah, it was until a point. Mm. Um. So yeah, I think and like the the exploitative nature of and and what's his face is it Ed Harris? Yeah yeah the yeah. Main guy. Just not really thinking he's done anything mm. wrong at all. Well, I, I brought him into the world. I can kill him. No, that's not how it works. And he and he has no life. Every all his friendships and everything are just fake. And it's it's just really sad. And then he then he frees himself at the end. Fucks off out that door. Off to fuck off Love to it. fuck Natasha McElhone. Yeah. Not a bad. You really like Natasha McElhone. Not a bad you? win that. No, I don't like her. Oh, it's a joke, Mark. I know. It's no, it wasn't funny to start off with. Right. Um, and then me and Isabel watched Odd Thomas because, of course, we did. Because Isabel was back and she's gone back to uni yeah, you now. You watched that a lot. And it's her favourite mm. film. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, we laughed, we cried. It was very emotional. I've talked about it many times before. That's it. Mark. Cool. Okay. Mark, let's have a bit more from you. Right, let's go. Um, what have I watched? Uh, we watched for like the first time in 20 odd years uh, Human Traffic, because again, it's come on Netflix and I thought, yeah. fuck it, I'll give this a go. I wonder how horribly this has aged. Is that fucker on 4K um, on Netflix as well? Do I remember right? Yeah, yeah I thought I saw it in yeah, the 4K section. Yeah, um, I, it, it's not aged as, uh, as as horribly as I thought. It's kind of it, it very much is a movie of its time, um, and it's it's fun seeing like Danny Dyer in his first ever role and realizing he is like he has not grown in any way as an actor <laughs> in like twenty four. He don't fucking need um, to though. He's Danny Dyer. Yeah, and it is basically just that. Um, it's but it's like ninety minutes of just people talking shite, and it being going. going well, this is just a bit of a. It, it's it's a it, it's a very knowing rip off of Train Spotting to the point of where it actually references Train Spotting, mm. <laughs> <laughs> but it's also quite fun. It's not in any way kind of like it's not showing its age of in terms of its sexual politics or anything like that it is just the one night adventures of um, a group of young 20s people in Wales who like going out and taking pills <laughs> you know it's not like even anything that dramatic happens to them <laughs> it's just quite fun yeah, yeah, good time rewatching it, actually. Um, I also rewatched the Bounty Hunter, which is <laughs> wow, okay, uh, yeah, 
Gerard Butler and Jennifer Aniston, and it's like, what if we made Midnight Run, but made it into a Jennifer Aniston movie? <laughs> and do you know what? It's about as good as you would think a Midnight Run with Jennifer Aniston in it would be. Mm. It's not very good. Like, at all. And it's... Yeah. It, it, it's... It's like an hour and 45 minutes as well. Yeah. And it's just not very fun or funny. I'm a little bit disappointed I rewatched this. <laughs> um, all right. I'll do some of the... Oh, okay. So, I uh, had a wee little summer break from the uh, dash cam. Yeah. Didn't manage to dash, but I did Yeah, count. you watched 15 films, but you didn't manage to dash cam, mate. Well done. Sorry. Yeah, but I did watch... <laughs> I did watch. Um, didn't mean to watch that many movies. Uh, I watched Bad Johnson, um, which it's also called Schlong Story. And when I say I watched it, I rewatched yeah. it. I'm the person in the world who has. Who has You've talked this. about this film multiple times on this podcast, Mark. Yeah. Right. So for anyone who doesn't know, this movie is everyone's favourite. Mm-hmm. Plays Rich Johnson. So, Dick Johnson, which is a great, you know, it knows what it's doing, this fucking movie, right? He is a bit of a womaniser. Yeah. uh, And constantly keeps blaming his dick for all his problems. Yeah. So, he um, injures his dick and can't have sex for uh, six weeks and actually forms a relationship with Jamie Chung where he can't have sex. But then the day where he's told that he then can have sex because his dick is augmented, what would you have it? He ends up, before he can fuck her, fucking somebody else, and then blames his dick and says that he wishes his dick would just go away. Wakes up the next morning, no dick. Fully Kendall right down there. Um, But his dick ain't gone away. No, no, no. It's it's actually a person uh, played by Nick Thune. Uh, And his dick is a dick. And that is the story. It's about him and his dick and trying to work out how he gets his dick back, but his dick stopping his dick from being such a dick. His dick falls out with him. <laughs> um, leaves, goes on a crime spree. Um, he then starts actually forming a relationship with another girl, which means that his dick starts losing power. <laughs> <laughs> So his right. dick decides that he's going to try and seduce the girl that Rich likes because he thinks that will give him more power. <laughs> Do you know how he gets rid of his dick in the end? No. He, <laughs> because his dick is being uncooperative and isn't working, he, he basically fucking drugs him, his dick, with like, an entire fucking bottle of Viagra. <laughs> oh. And his dick is like, this is just making me stronger. I don't know what you're, why you're doing this. It's just making me so much stronger to the point of where he just goes absolutely stiff and falls over and can't move. <laughs> that is the level of stupidity. Oh, man, that's not a bad idea, mind. It's actually quite, it's quite good. I, the thing about this movie is, it, is it very good? No. <laughs> It's not. Is it kind of fun? Yeah, it kind of is. 
Yeah. Yeah, it just kind of is. It probably shouldn't be, but fuck it. Kind of is. Do you know what else is fun? Go on. Father of the Bride. The Garcia? We'll get to that. (laughs) Father of the Bride is a fun movie. It's Steve Martin. I when he cause he had a height with like the jerk in the late seventies, uh, seventy nine, I think it was, and then had a solid run in the eighties, and then it was when he was starting to. It, it was like could he make the transition into like, a, a, like, like rather than just looking like an older comedian, being older comedian, could he start playing the dad roles? Mm. Um, and yeah, he can. He's such a. Another one where he's a ridiculously charismatic screen presence. And the thing is, at the time, these movies were, because they were all shot on film, they looked good. Mm. They weren't done as, right, let's make this movie really quickly. Yeah. It was, they were made with the same love that a lot of movies make. This this was the bulk of movies you got. Uh, And it's just... It's fun. He's playing a little bit of a... He's a bit crabby, but he's not a dickhead in it. Um, he just, you know, it, it feels almost relatable as a, a parent who isn't quite ready for his daughter to get married. And he's kind of... He's like being shoehorned into all of the... Like paying for the wedding and bits like that. It has the right level of zaniness, but also the right level of heart and charm Yeah, within it. Um, and Martin Short and BD1 um, then I watched um, Father of the Bride part 2 yeah um, which basically takes follows on from, from the first one but uh, his daughter is now pregnant but what would you have it it also turns out that Diane Keaton is pregnant as well at the same time so he's both going to become a granddad and a new dad at the same time, and it's all about that hijinks. And it's not quite as it's not quite as polished mm. and as as good as the first, and as entertaining as the first. But it's still Steve Martin doing Steve Martin stuff. So yeah, it, it's it's really it, it is charming and it's fun and it's it's got an energy to it. Yeah, you know, Steve Martin has that that ability to make you kind of like him even if he is being a little bit of a jerk mm-hmm. without actually ever being just an outright fuck you and it's it again it's got a lot of heart and a lot of charm and again it looks good um, so we move on to um, yeah to Father of the Bride the Andy Garcia right. one the uh, one that came out last year and the thing is, I wanted to watch this because um, I, I remember always enjoying Father of the Bride and Father of the Bride Part 2. Yeah. But I wanted to re-watch those before I watched this. Yeah. So I knew it was a three-film commitment. Um, and I thought, fuck it, I'm going to go for it. So I, I took on the three-film commitment. Um, this has none of the charm. <laughs> none of the sweetness. Of uh, the first of the original two movies, and Andy Garcia is just a dick. Like he, he he's not like fun, like dealing with it in a an overblown way. 
He's not having a bad reaction to this and letting the pressure get to him. He's just a prick. Right. And it, it just... It spoils the whole movie. It also... It looks like it was shot on like an iPhone 12. It's... It's a waste of everyone's fucking time. Genuinely, the only good bit in it, the only bit that is vaguely worth watching is... Um, Adrea Ajona, who plays his daughter, um, has a rather nice bottom. Right. That's about it. The rest of it is just, no, it's almost like Andy Garcia hasn't watched the 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 Brian Father Brian Part 2. Mm. And just thought, right, so I just need to play a cantankerous prick who constantly keeps reminding people, when I came to this country, I had nothing. It's like, we've said that about 15 times. Mm. And it, to be honest, it doesn't sound like you had nothing. <laughs> sounds like sounds like you had quite a bit already. <laughs> yeah. Like if you if you had to work washing dishes for a year to then save enough money <laughs> to go to architect school, that doesn't sound too bad. No. Sounds all right actually. Sounds like you were getting paid a, a decent wage <laughs> for, for watching for washing dishes at that point. Yeah, there's this whole story about the fact that um, him and um, Gloria Estefan are getting divorced at the same time. That they can't announce it, and so there's that friction between them. But you just go in, do you know what? I think she's right to be divorcing you. You're a bit of a dick. <laughs> you, you, you're just a prick. Yeah, so I was a little bit disappointed in that. Oh, sure. uh, I've got two more. Go Should I go through it? it? Just go it. Just go. Yeah. I feel like I've been talking a lot. Sorry, guys. It's all right. So... Noel messaged us, didn't he, Ian, on our group chat. Right. Saying about a film that he was like, what the fuck, why is this playing at my local uh, uh, yeah. cinema? Uh, you sent me this. Called... I'm not going to watch it, Mark. Uh, well, that's your life. <laughs> um, called Mobland. Um, which stars um, John Travolta, Kevin Dillon... Stephen Dorff uh, and Shiloh Fernandez. And on the face of it, because on the poster it's um, John Travolta and like and all the marketing is John Travolta, and he's barely in it, to be honest. Right. It's, it's more Stephen Dorff and Shiloh Fernandez. But on the face of it, you're thinking it's one of those straight to VOD, like a little bit schlocky, like, like a lot of the Nick Cage movies we're getting at the moment. <laughs> You can um, wash your fucking mouth out, Foster. And it, I was kind of expecting that. So when it came, when it, they put it out, I thought, right, if there's one person who can take on this, you know, take on this challenge of watching this movie, it's me. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm the person who can take on the challenge of watching this movie. It, it's actually quite good. Yeah? Yeah. It, it's, um, it's a solid movie. It... It clearly is. Uh, Nicholas Maggiore, who uh, wrote and directed it, is clearly very much trying to um, like take influence from films like *The Place Beyond the Pines*. Like there's a there's a, a, a shot very early on from you know that 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 shot in *Place Beyond the Pines* where the camera's behind Ryan Gosling and it's following him yeah. as he's walking through the carnival. It's that, but it's uh, Shiloh Fernandez and it's him walking. He's a he's a like a he's a like a drag racer. And it's following into that. And it, it's very much almost like a shot for shot kind of remake. And it was that at first that made me go, 
well, this is a bit placed beyond the pines. And then when it starts, I was like, but it looks fucking good, actually. <laughs> it's a good shot. It's a well, it's like a well-compositioned shot. And it looks like a proper fucking movie. Yeah. Um, and then it's got, it keeps elements of that going. But then it throws in bits of, like, um, killing them softly with Stephen Dorff's character. Yeah. Of he plays, essentially, Shiloh Fernandez is just trying to support his wife and his kid. Mm. Um, but you know the job that he has um, and the extra money he earns from racing isn't quite enough it just isn't quite enough for him to get by Mm. Um, and so Kevin Dillon who plays um, his brother-in-law basically comes up with says look I've got this he was a shady guy he's like I've got this 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 robbery this happens really early on in the film by the way so it's not like an all spoilers all the time yeah um and he's like, he's like, all I need is a driver. And shit just goes wrong with it. And Stephen Dorff's character, basically they end up stealing money from the mob. And Stephen Dorff's character is the, the guy the mob send in to clean things up. Yeah. And I, I'm not going to go all spoilers all the time on this, because I, I, I do think people should actually watch this. But there's a... Stephen Dorff is basically just playing a very similar character, but not just a copy character of Brad Pitt's in Killing Them Softly. Of a guy who's just doing it for the money, but he's just kind of tired mm. of doing it. Mm. He has a... There's a way that he kills somebody in it that is so, like, matter-of-fact and callous in the way that he does it. That you, and it's so graphic without actually being graphic. Yeah. That I was watching it going, that's really fucking interesting. Why hasn't anyone done that before? That's so fucking cold. Cold, easy to shoot, and just the the way the shot is composed looks fucking fantastic. And Dorf's doing some fucking good work in this. And then it has... Also, it starts to throw in elements of um, no country for old men as well. <laughs> Just a real, a real kind of like, probably will be in my surprises of the year. It's not, don't know, it's not like, it's not an amazing movie, but it's a, I was fucking shocked at how, just, all right, this is fucking good. How much better than you expected it yeah. to be. Yeah. I expected this, this to be a one where I'd be like, look, fucking everybody, I enjoyed it, but yeah, it's, it, it's not very good. <laughs> Whereas I, I actually think it's a good movie. Yeah, sounds alright. Yeah. Um, and then one more. Um, rewatch Phantom Thread. You've now rewatched a movie I've not seen. Yeah. Love that. I didn't know you wanted to see it. I don't. Alright. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, no, I rewatched Phantom Thread because I'm not. I, I don't think I've seen it since the cinema. Mm. Um. So I wanted to, um, I've been wanting to rewatch it for a while, but I've always kind of thought, and it, 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 it seems like a movie you need to be in the mood to watch. Yeah. Um, for it, because it is um, like two and a bit hours long, and it's not, it's not like there's an awful lot of like, it's not a kinetic movie or anything like that. <laughs> Right. It's a very um, 
it's a very contained movie. Yeah. Uh, and I wasn't... I enjoyed it when I first watched it. But I wasn't super high on it. I think I was four out of five. It's a great film. But for it. Yeah. 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 Uh, it's gone up on a rewatch. Yeah. Yeah. Once you know what it, what happens later in the movie, yeah. rewatching it, you're picking up bits like that. And the fact that I, mean, I, I think that too many people have slept on Johnny Greenwood's score on this. The score is incredible. This is Daniel Day-Lewis's most recent film, as it stands. Isn't yeah, it? he's retired effectively. He only came out of retirement for this movie. Um, it's Leslie Manville is is the star of the show um, in a film where Daniel Day-Lewis and Vicky Creeps are, are very very good in it. Mm. Um, they said the score, which is pretty much for about the first two thirds of the movie, is pretty much always there. Yeah. Um, but is just brilliant at just kind of taking you through it and allowing that to be the flow of the movie. The score effectively is is the is the pacing of the movie. Yeah. Um and it, it helps you know, it goes bigger when it's when it's um the more when it's it's floating you through the story. When it's taking you quickly through the story. Mm. Uh, and then when it's the more sort of sedate bits of the story, it, it, it's still there in the background and it has almost like these themes within it. But then it, 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 as you start to, it starts to build the more kind of sinister nature of the movie, it builds on that and it changes its tone and it becomes a little bit more aggressive as it goes. It's a really, it's a, it's, it's a spectacular score as a complementary piece within the, within the movie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, once you... I think it, it's almost like a psychological horror movie. But when you're first watching it, you're thinking it's a psychological horror movie against Vicky Creeps. Then you start to realise, no, 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 it's not. She's <laughs> she's the psychological horror of it. Okay. And um, and he's he's on board with it. <laughs> he digs it. He's <laughs> just into it. Yeah. Um, Really, yeah, very much enjoyed my rewatch of it. And for a two and a bit hour movie, that fucker flies by. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the just the intricacies of, of how they, how Delos's character works within it, and the moments where you're getting him just essentially designing things or working with um, the, the clothing element of it is it's just it's quite engaging to watch. But yeah, I, I'm fucking. A little bit sorry I've slept on it for a rewatching it for this long. Fair. Yeah, but that's that's Maybe it. Maybe I should give it a, a first one. Yeah, I think you should. Yeah, 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 very, very good. Fucking yeah, hugely up in my estimation. Nice that rewatch. Uh, so uh, let's get in our race cars for a little bit, just quickly. Um, so I have now caught up with Drive to Survive. That is five seasons watched in about six months, uh, if that. Uh, probably more like four. Um, and uh, yeah, Drive to Survive is great. It's going to be interesting to see what they do with this next season, though, because they're not going to be focusing on the championship all that much. Uh, Max Verstappen has uh, now um, broken the record for most consecutive F1 wins in a row. He's done ten. Like twelve or something. Yeah. Uh, Red Bull as a team have won fifteen in a row. Uh, which obviously is also a record. Um, it's um, 
Yeah, what they're going to do in season five, I don't know. Um, they'll they'll probably focus a lot on the honey badger, Danny Ricardo, who left F one at the end of last year. Has had a rough few years. Um, came back to F one as a replacement driver in Alpha Tauri, the Red Bull sister team, and then in his um, third race back, broke his hand. Uh, in a crash where he was trying to steer out the way of another driver. Um, so I think there'll be a lot of, he's coming back, he's really fucking pumped. This is like coming back to the Red Bull family that he feels comfortable with, and then bang, he's out. He's been replaced by a young buck, Liam Lawson, um, who uh, has done pretty well. So it's going to be interesting. Uh, Ricardo's not going to be in the next race, it looks like, in Singapore. He might be back for Japan in uh, three weeks' time. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what they do with Liam Lawson there. Um, but, yeah, uh, Verstappen won both the uh, Dutch Grand Prix and the Italian Grand Prix. Uh, the Dutch Grand Prix was wet as fuck and was chaos, and it was great. Um, lots of changing tyres and shit going wrong in the pit lane and all sorts of crashes and whatnot. The Italian Grand Prix was actually a really good battle at the top, uh, at the front. Um, Verstappen didn't get pole. Carlos Sainz of Ferrari did, which um, the Italian Grand Prix is the home circuit of Ferrari, obviously. So the Tafosi, the Ferrari fans as they're known, uh, were going fucking mad. And... Uh, yeah, uh, Sainz was winning the race for about a third of the race and then Verstappen overtook him. Uh, Sainz ended up being third in the end behind uh, Verstappen and his Red Bull teammate uh, Sergio Perez. Um, but it was a great race. It was really, really fun. Um, the Ferraris, it, like one of them was fourth, one of them was third, very, very nearly came together. I heard it described as you could have had a wafer thin mint between the tyres and that would have been about it. Uh, before they would have come together like second last lap and could have just fucked it up for the both of them which would have been very Ferrari uh, because they're, they're <laughs> a team that in a race earlier this season just weren't ready for the driver coming in to change his tyres he was just like it was it was brilliant he was like <laughs> 10 seconds away he was like box box which means like I'm gonna I'm gonna come in I'm gonna come into the pits and and they were just like no stay out. And he was like no box box, Cut, and like and like so. But the thing is, they didn't even have anyone like on standby. They were all just sat around, and it was like right go go go. And it, it's shit like that. Ferrari, it happens a lot. Like they um a race last season, I think it was they basically accidentally let both their drivers come in within like five seconds of each other, despite the fact they've only got space for one car. In like stupid shit like that, uh, they're 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 wilder Ferrari, and it would have been so. F- it's gone. So, so, it sounds a little bit like they're no. Not I mean, this, good it, it, it. It's, it is it is wild. They're, it, it like it, it basically is known as just being very Ferrari, and the two Ferrari drivers knocking each other out in the penultimate lap of the Italian Grand Prix would have been the most Ferrari thing to ever happen. Um, it, it it's it's one the stories in F one I swear to God, like Verstappen like because people say it's like really boring because Verstappen's just breaking all these records. First off, it's quite cool to see him break these records and just like make history. That that's nice. 
but also there's so much shit that happens behind behind the uh the the, the race for first and that's kind of what drive to survive actually illuminates so yeah brilliant had an email uh, about the Bahrain Grand Prix and kind of like some like travel information and stuff for that today, even though it's like five and a half months away and just very, very, very pumped. It is going to be wild to do a film bastards in a hotel room in Bahrain. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but fun. yeah, yeah, absolutely. So uh, there, there we go. That's that. That's F1. Uh, so in terms of films, um, so I did, I did quite the double bill on my last full day in Spain last week. So I did the uh, new John Cena, Jackie Chan film, Hidden Strike. Uh, you see, you've got me at John uh, And uh, so I should. This film is very three out of five, and that's absolutely fine. Um, directed by Scott War, who is uh, who directed Expend Four Balls. Um, so, and, yep. uh, yeah, T- the tagline on Letterboxd, there is a plan, they just don't know what it is. Uh, which, uh, I mean, that's actually great. Uh, so this is yep. a China production, but I think of, like, that Dragon Blade film that came out a few years back, and who was that? It was, like, Adrian Brody, um, oh, there was a couple other fucking, I need to look that up. I didn't know he was that. He's the he's the yeah, brother yeah, yeah. of Rick Romanwall. Yeah. Oh no. That. Yeah. So Dragon Blade, Jackie Chan, John Cusack, Adrian Brody, like that film. I, th- I yeah. I think yeah, about I that it, yeah, and how yeah. it is just like this fucking weird. What the fuck are these people doing in that? And then I look at this and it's like, yeah. Do you know what? This just kind of makes sense. It's Jackie Chan and John Cena. They're kind of both on opposite sides at first. Pilau Azbayek, who um, I like that guy. I think he was in Game of Thrones, but he was also like Scarlett Johansson's buddy in Ghost in the Shell. Yeah, oh, I, I, yeah, I like guy. him. And um, he's he's the wrong in this, and he kind of brings Jackie Chan and John Cena together. Um, so, um, oh God, what is it about... Um, Oh, fuck! I watched it like a week ago, and I can't. I can't really remember what it's actually about. There's a convoy that Jackie, uh, that John Cena is um, trying to kind of like hold up, and Jackie Chan is trying to protect. Um, and then it turns out that kind of what they both thought was going on wasn't going on, and then they team up together to save people. There you go. It's apps. It, it's it's fine. There's some decent action. There's some good stuff involving foam at the end. Which was a bit like, well, I didn't see that coming, which I, I I quite enjoyed actually. And John Cena and Jackie Chan actually pretty good together, got some good chemistry. Um, don't really need to say much more than that about Hidden Strike. Um, three out of five on Netflix, decent enough time. So I watched that, and I watched uh, on movie Mia Hansen loves things to come. So this is the uh, the woman who directed uh, Bergman Island. Um, this is her 2016 film starring Isabel Huppert as a an, an academic whose husband leaves her and then she's basically just kind of trying to live her life. Um, Sold. Yeah. Um, it's not as sexy as I wanted it to be. I'll be honest. There's... Less sold. Yeah, this, this is the thing. Like, you know, really... <laughs> 
You hear his well hoop air and you think sexy as fuck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know, and it, it's like, so, yeah, it, like the letterbox thing. One day, Natalie's husband announced to see leaving her for another woman. With freedom thrust upon her, Natalie must reinvent her life. She doesn't really reinvent her life. She kind of does the same things as she was doing already, except she kind of has a bit more freedom to go and do them. Um, I liked it. It's very slice of life. Um, not an awful lot happens. But you're just watching Isabelle Huppert do shit for like an hour and 45 minutes. And that's that's compelling. I'd have liked yep. her to have fucked some guys. And they... But she didn't. There you go. To be fair, there's about another yeah. 20 movies yeah. waiting So there you go. That. Things to come. And that's the thing. It's also called Things to Come. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you would. So think, um, you? On the plane, I watched, I rewatched Steven Soderbergh's High Flying Bird. Um, oh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I... Right, so I gave this 5 out of 5 at the time. I was like, this is a fucking banger. Do you know what? It's a 5 out of 5 film. It's a fucking banger. It's a, I remember really it, enjoying it, it, yeah. Andre Holland is a sports agent looking to shake some shit up. There's a lockout happening. You know, that's not a million miles away from what's happening at the moment. And he's trying to manoeuvre shit to kind of get things going again. And it's great. Zazzy Beats is his ex-assistant, yeah. who's still kind of his assistant. And uh, she's she's great in it, actually. She's, like, spicy and fiery. Um, Andre Holland's got some fucking fantastic monologues in it. Um, and it's just this great, guy, like, just fucking smart dude, dude, like, doing his job, doing it fucking well. It, it fucking flies yeah, by as well from what I remember. Um, and it was shot on an iPhone. Well done. Well fucking yeah. done. So... High Flying Bird. Banger. Uh, bu- 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 I like the kind of like the documentary footage as well because they have like real NBA stars doing like kind of like head on camera kind of like interviews about things and it just gives it this kind of authenticity despite the fact the story's fictional. It's great. Uh, a couple other things. So uh, I had a, a, a rewatch of uh, Ben Wheatley's Free Fire. Oh, yeah. Another one that. Uh... That Netflix is yep. aggressively yep, advertising exactly. he's got. Uh, that film is... A... <laughs> we are proving that if, if Netflix put a big fucking thing of a movie at you constantly, you will eventually yeah, go... Yeah, quite. Yeah, go on then. Look, <laughs> 7 out of 10 film. You know, um, I feel like yep. he was kind of riding a bit of a high at the time. It was executive produced by Martin Scorsese. I, I ever so slightly yep. feel like it... Like the film itself is just trying to be a simpler time than what it was kind of being made out to be at the time. So I, re- I remember it kind of like being a bit of a damp squib at the time. Um, mm. it, it is just this like hour and a half, pe- like shit happens and people are basically shooting each other slash trying to get away from being shot at. And it's just like people kind of like sparring with each other back and forth. 
It, it's just this weird... Mm. With, with Charlotte yep. Copley having he's, a really he's, And he's cracking in it. He just, he's, fuck it, he's just a dickhead. And he's really, yep. really good. He's way more interesting than most of the other characters because he's Shalto Copley. People are like, he's overacting. What's he fucking... Yeah, he is. He's Shalto Copley. Just let him fucking do it. It's fine. Um, yep. Free fire. Good time. Um, lastly, also a good time, a rewatch of Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. Um, uh, yeah, nice. this uh, this is a good movie. This is snarky and acidic and when the realisation happens that spoiler alert for bodies, bodies, bodies the fact that no one was murdering anyone and the whole thing was started off by Pete Davidson fucking about with a sword and finding out um, is just great. It's so fucking good. Um, It does there's a space in there about two thirds of the way in where it it just kind of seems to it just kind of peters out a little bit for like 10 minutes or so, but then it really ramps up with this scene where they basically all tell each other what they actually think of each other. Um, and it's like, mm. I like your podcast. And then um, the girl from Shiver Baby says something and then the girl rolls her eyes and she's like, you rolled your eyes at me. You don't like my podcast. And um, oh God, <laughs> there's like a thing where it's like one of them saying something. And it's like, I've just got to say something. I've got body dysmorphia and the others like shut the fuck up. Yeah. And it just, the, I, 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 the trailer did this as well. The fact that it's like, they're all just saying these fucking words that are supposed to mean something and maybe don't actually fucking mean anything. And it, 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 they're just saying crap. That they don't actually understand what they don't mean. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's it. <laughs> honestly, and again, that film feels like one that, like, it had a lot of buzz. Then it came out, and people were like, "Nah, I, nah, I'm, 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 I'm with bodies, bodies, bodies." I think it's a really good time. It's very much a film of its moment, and I'd be like, when Lottie is like seventeen, eighteen, I'd be fascinated to see what she makes of it. Then, I mean, like, to be fair, bet has has um has Izzy seen it? Yeah, I was about to say that cause we recommended it to Isabel, didn't we? Mm. And she didn't like it, did she? No. no. <laughs> she was like, they're all just dickheads. Like, mm. yeah, but. They're your dickheads. And she's like, I know, but I know yeah, all of those right. dickheads. But that's interesting, the fact that she's like, yeah, but I actually know those people. They are, yeah, okay. No. <laughs> I yeah. don't like this picture yeah. because I'm in it. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty much what she said, wasn't it? Yeah. That's interesting. So, um, that um, yeah. I will just say very, very briefly, I finished Drive to Survive, so now I've started watching another Netflix sports series, Full Swing, about golf. And they're just... It's it's not Drive to Survive, don't get me wrong. and I'm not going to like wholeheartedly recommend it. But the episode I watched last night was just about this PGA Tour golfer who's like, yeah... I'm 70th in the world. Someone's got to be. And he's just like kind of perfectly content. Like having people just think he's like a mid, just a mid professional golfer. It's like, I get by. I do all right. Someone's got to be all right, but not one of the world's best, but still kind of competing in these things. Why not me? And other people are trying to tell him, you're better than you fucking think you are. If you just applied yourself a bit, and the whole episode, and just all these sports documentaries about these guys being like, I need to be the best, I am the best, I'm going to prove I'm the best. you got this guy just going, yeah, somebody's got to be 70th in the world, why not me? I just think, 
So no, I just think that's a really interesting perspective that you just don't... There's a fair enough to it, isn't there? There's a, well, yeah, you're right. And you know what? It's still 78 is, you know, in comparison to everybody else, good. it's pretty it, fucking good. I think it's funny, because, like, a spoiler alert for this episode, a full swing, but, like, at the end of it, he's in the US Open, and he, like, ties for 10th. You know, and and it, but it's, like, it's footage of, like, Rory McIlroy and, like, really big golfers talking to him as if he's just one of their own. And not in, in like, a welcome to the club. Just, like... They're all on this tour. They see each other all the time. They kind of know like who are the best and who aren't. But the the best ones don't seem to lord it over the others. They're like that. The thing with golf that I seem to be finding is people like this game, but they they also know it's a job. Like it is a job, and they the the the, the, the tour. Like I think it's in. The, the thing about golf that I think is interesting is the fact that when they do these weekends, they're four days. You get the first two days where about half the field are cut out and that half that are cut out do not get paid. And it's only in the second two days, the people competing in those days even get paid. So you've got this like lower half of golfers who like, basically kind of know they might not actually get any money out of these fucking tournaments and they've got to pay all their expenses themselves and all this kind of shit and it like and it just like the way that like golf it, it, it's like something that they play because they enjoy it but fuck it's like really really they don't have yeah, you, you, you you've got some guys who are literally sponsored by like um yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, company. exactly. And th- like the whole thing about live golf because they talk about that because it's it's not necessarily. I don't know what like the affiliations with this show is, but like they they kind of like profile live tour golfers as well. And the whole thing about the live tour was that um they um it's it's it, a salary. It's it's it's, it's a Netflix oh, okay, and PGA. But like the live tour, it's like a, it, it's they get paid no matter what. They just have to play golf. So there's like one mm. guy who's just like I need to support my family. I'm not saying I agree with this. I need to support my family. I just need to like my. We do perfectly well, but I need to make sure that we keep that up. It's like being accustomed to that kind of style of living, kind of thing. I'm gonna do this because if my game is shit that weekend, I still get paid. And there's a logic to it. Mm. There's a logic to that. Not necessarily being paid by the by Saudi, but there's a logic to that. There's a there's a logic to it. it it's very much a. I'm going to make an excuse for the fact that I'm going to work for these. Yeah, I mean, hey, look, it's like let's not let's not necessarily get into it. But that Jordan Henderson interview that came out. Yeah, it, it just it yeah, made it even worse ridiculous. for himself. Well, you know, well done. Yeah, it's well done. People, people are waiting for it and waiting, going. Well, let's just see what he says, and then gone. Oh, it's that. Fair enough. Fuck you. Just. Oh, I'm not. Oh, I'm not getting paid seven seven hundred thousand a week. That's fucking ridiculous. I won't tell you how much I'm getting paid. Seven and a half, seven hundred thousand. Nah. Like, what is the acceptable? You know what yeah. I mean. Like, I, yeah. Anyway, let's not. But yeah. Um, football really shining itself in glory at the moment. It's doing really well. Um. <laughs> Yeah, it really is. So, do you know what is shining himself in glory? Denzel Washington's Robert McCall in the Equalizer 3. Directed by Anton Fuqua and starring Denzel bloody Washington. Dakota Fanning, 
Eugenio Mastran Mastrandrea, David Denman, and others. Robert McCall finds himself at home in southern Italy, but he discovers his friends are under the control of local crime bosses. As events turn deadly, McCall knows what he has to do. Become his friend's protector by taking on the Mafia. I'm going to start on this one. Equalizer 3 fucking bangs. That film <laughs> is really, really fun. Um, the minute we're in an absolutely cold open, don't know what the fuck's going on here, and it's the stuff in the trailer. Like, the whole kind of, like, nine seconds thing. And then what happens? He fucking, what? Like, puts a gun through a guy's head and then shoots people (laughs) with the gun through the guy's head. Uh, All right, let's go. Right. The cinematography is drab as shit. What they were doing, trying to basically present, like, Denzel Washington, uh, Robert McCall's dream place as Italian purgatory? Um, It's a choice. Um, Dakota Fanning as the new Equalizer is a choice. Um, but this film rollocks along with the absolutely full-budded, bull-in-a-china shop energy of let's do Man on Fire, but just not as classy. <laughs> Let's do my on fire, but Denzel's yeah. 20 odd years and older. <laughs> I, for one, had a fantastic time with this. My audience had a fantastic time with this. And this film is a, a, a fun time. It's not one of the best films of the year. There's plenty wrong with it. But my fucking God, it's Denzel Washington. Killing people and dipping a tea bag and going, you'll just have to wait and find out, or whatever it is he says. And it is glorious. If either of you dare say otherwise, then I'm going to equalise you. Um, and I, I, I really enjoyed it. To be honest, more more than I was expecting to. Um, I think, given the time that we watched it, when you watch a movie that late, there's always the risk that you're just not going to be in the in, in the right zone for it. So watching it at nine o'clock at night <laughs> maybe wasn't our best uh, option. But no, I really liked it. It's not. I rewatched number two. Um, because we, we watched the majority of number one a few months back, didn't yeah. we? So I didn't feel the need to watch that one. Rewatched number two in the running to this and finished it sort of during the day before we went to see it. And this isn't as good as number two for me. I think it's probably better for 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 for, for certain demographics of movie viewers. It's probably more intelligent. But the second one's more violent for more of the runtime, and that's what I wanted. So this one... Is it more violent than this one? Do you remember the scene when Melissa Leo gets killed? Oh, of course, yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Um, It is brutal. Um, Yeah, anyway. So, number two, very violent, and violent for more of the runtime. Whereas this one saves most of its violence for the end, doesn't it, really? It has more, I would say, short pockets of violence. 
But they're not satisfying violence. It's like a man beating up a fishmonger. I don't know, the, the bit where he... Like he says, he smashes a gun through a guy's face and then shoots another man with said gun. It's pretty fucking violent. Oh, what, the bit in the alley? No. Is that, where's that? The start of the movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it, yeah. All right. So it's like little reserved pockets, I guess, isn't it? And then it's just him drinking tea for a lot of it. So I could have used more consistency in the pacing for me. But I'm, I'm, I'm happy Roberta and McCall's finally found peace. I like those bits. Sure. What? I liked him just bipping around this Italian yeah, town. I liked it, but it's it's not necessarily... What no, I mean, it's Stanley Tucci searching for Italy with more killing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I, I kind of like yeah, that. Yeah, same. I liked... I, 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 I enjoyed the... The fact that... I thought that at the end, I was thinking, I really hope that that's it. That, that, that the crescendo of this movie is that guy essentially just like crawling through the streets, dying of a drug overdose on his own, yeah. on the drugs that he's smuggling in. Yeah. I was, I was thinking, I hope it isn't that he goes back to the town and there's another bigger bad in the town that I he wasn't expecting. I fucking love the fact that Denzel's just walking side by side. He gets hit by the car, then he's fucking crawling <laughs> along and Denzel's just there. No other fuckers like trying to get in the way. It's, it's <laughs> I, I just, I really, really wanted it to cut to somebody going like, you know, we should try and see what's going on. And then somebody else just go, be like, no, it's between them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but I... I it's really it, it. It's gloriously violent at points. Yeah, it is. And I, I, I enjoyed that about it. And the thing is, I was saying to you a bit after we came out. It's almost a little bit like the first one was a little bit more serious and stoic, and then these ones, and then the sequels have just gradually got more violent. Mm. A little bit like the Rambo movies. <laughs> Yeah. The first one has an element of seriousness to it. And then it goes, ah, oh, fuck it. That should be really violent. Well, I think, again, similar to the Rambo movies, you've got the first one seems more grounded in reality. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. But also, well, in the first one, he doesn't seem to... He seems to have these skills, but doesn't seem to revel in them as much. Whereas this one, he, he seems to actually enjoy... The acts of violence that he's committing. Yeah, yeah. I, one, there's one thing I really like. I like the fact that the bad guys are just generic Italian Euro trash bad guys. Yeah. There is nothing else to them at all. It's just look at this guy. Go, yep, yeah, I know what he is straight away. <laughs> yeah. My one complaint is about the movie where I'm a bit like, really, is. The guy at the end that he's got the pension thing for, it's like, it's a bricklayer that he, that he met. You can tell that nobody making this movie has ever met a bricklayer <laughs> if they think that that is what a bricklayer looks like mm. at the end of the movie. Mm. That guy has, has never even picked up a brick. That guy has never done any manual labour in their entire life. Speaking of 
retired like professor but, or something. But retired teacher, anything yeah. like that. Yeah. But a bricklayer, and I was like, but, that guy's not a bricklayer. That guy's not a Boston bricklayer. You, yeah, you have criticisms yeah. like that. But then on the other hand, you have a score that goes so insanely hard, fucking hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I loved the score. I, I, I forgot to say it was my boy Robert Richardson that, that shot it. I, I actually quite like the camera work in it. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, the score's fucking great. <laughs> it's it it does go so hard. Like hard to the point where you're going, this is too loud. This is a very oh, rise. Oh, but it's great loud. though. It and it does yeah. just feel like the noise that's in McCall's head. Yeah. Oh, um, great. Marcelo uh Zavaros. Is the guy who did the Good score. on you, Zamoros. I like your fucking style. Yeah. I, I yeah. It just the only way I will accept another one of these, and I don't think there will be one. Like Denzel's been very undone, but the only way I would accept it yeah. is if he is defending that Italian village again. Yeah, that's it. I I still want him to be there. Um, it's. I like the fact that they used that. I mean, because Denzel, you know, there's no getting away from it. Denzel Washington is now in his sixties, you know, and he's in his late sixties. Mm. And you know, granted, Denzel doesn't look like a guy in this movie like a guy who's in his late sixties. No. Um, and again, and we've spoken about that quite a bit about different people. He is incredibly charismatic. Yeah. And he's got that fucking smile. But he clearly can't do the level of action that he could do 20 years ago. No. Or even 10 years ago. So it's all very much... It's, it, a lot of it is actually first-person view, which mm. is really quite clever in the way they get round it. But I like... They've, they've clearly taken that into account with the oh, biography yeah. and stuff as well. Like, you get some movies where it's like... Well, that's clearly not him. Yeah. They can't move like that. 60-odd-year-old people cannot move like that. You mean you mean all Liam Neeson movies since Taken 2? <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and like the, the later Die Hard movies and stuff like that, it's clearly not yeah. Bruce Willis doing that. <clears throat> but then you've got people like Tom Cruise, who clearly can, because he does. Mm. That fucking behind-the-scenes footage of him, of him jumping off that cliff. I don't know whether you've seen it, but it is insane. It's bonkers. Um, and then, you know, it may well have been a body double doing it in this, but they have taken into account how much Denzel realistically can do, can do yeah. um, when doing it. So it's all just very deadpan, low-energy, matter-of-fact violence. But the, but the but as well, the, 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 the bit where the uh, the guy comes to him in the, uh, in the restaurant. Hmm. Hmm. And he's there. <laughs> that's great. Mm. That if you got Denzel, that's what you want to do with him. <laughs> Have him doing that. The what you is it? You don't want to feel what four feels well, like. You'll shit your you'll pants. You'll shit your pants. And these people don't want that. <laughs> yeah. It's just. It's he's so good, and it's so fun that Denzel Washington is just on board with doing an Equalizer three movie because it, there's an element. I saw a bit of an interview with him where he was kind of. He referenced the fact that um, these are sort of movies that mm. he made with Tony Scott. Mm. And he would still be making these movies with Tony Scott. 
and that he, he, he misses making these movies with Tony Scott and that it's great that he gets to make these movies with Anton Fuqua yeah and it, it, it's kind of like that and Fuqua's there going man I wish I could make a movie as good as a Tony Scott movie yeah. and it, it's a, there's, there's, there's clearly that that thing that he likes making these type of movies yeah as well as the, the, the more what you would consider more profound movies that he makes he likes making these action movies. He loved making with Tony Scott. He likes making with Anton Fuqua. And yeah, he's 68 years old. He's probably, he's not, he's not Stallone. He's not going to be making these movies into his 70s. No. Um, but he clearly enjoyed making them. But yeah, I w- I'd happily watch another one where it's it's somebody fucking somebody comes to the town for revenge and he's like nope, I mean this is the thing it was like that kid at the start it was like I kind of thought like because it's such yeah. a cold open it's like is it going to go 10 years later or something like that you know yeah I I, I, I thought it might be that I thought that the, 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 with the trailer when you saw the, the, the Marco generic douchebag that he was going to be that kid I was I was waiting for like um you know, when, when he does, does all the violence and it's such a cold open and then it's it goes to the boat after he's been... Yeah. I was waiting for, like, a, a three... Yeah, 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 100%. Yeah, yeah, that, that, it's, yeah, that it's made It's a sense. ballsy, yeah. kind of weirdly discombobulating way to start a film where it is just... He's doing that and then you, you almost kind of forget about like what he was doing and then they tie they tie it back in and he was just like he was just doing his normal equalizing shit <laughs> yeah but i like i like the fact that we've got three equalizer movies that are essentially just sure, big episodes yeah. I, I did yeah i did really appreciate the cold open though because when i was watching the end of number two earlier in the day i was like so he's just in his nice house by the sea what not so they're going to tie themselves up into to make an excuse for him going back to this violent life when he's quite, clearly quite happy and settled back in his hometown. He heard a fucking wife. rough story when he was giving someone a lift. That's what happened. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but like, they don't explain how he went back to being a lift driver. Who cares? He just did. He just did. And now he's in Italy murdering people for shit. For $366,000. So much better. I just love the fact that the doctor just says to the police officer, he fell. No, he didn't. He was shot. No, he fell. All right, then. No, he didn't. <laughs> he fell. Oh, but then when he's back, he's like, oh, my God, what happened to Gio? He fell. Uh, a lot of that going around. <laughs> but as well, again, I also like the fact that he deals with those guys so easily. Like, oh, it's yeah. not even a challenge. It's just yeah, yeah. the way that they had that car in the background as well and it's like Denzel's in that car yeah. and you're just fucking waiting for it and then it happens it's like yay <laughs> but you're thinking when he kills like the, the, the brother you're like yeah going, going oh well it's not gonna he's not gonna like dispatch him or anything like that he's gonna like oh no wait it's killed him oh it's killed him yeah fair enough <laughs> this is the I mean like this this is a film that kind of like every single thing that plays out kind of feels like yeah okay you can kind of see that coming but it's so fucking satisfying. <laughs> and it's because, yeah, I think it's yeah. because it's Denzel. Yeah. It is. <laughs> you want him to succeed. Yeah, though. you do. Yeah. But even like even like when he's got to climb up all those fucking stairs to go and see um, Fanning. <laughs> and he's knackered. Yeah. And she's like, 
Are you alright? <laughs> and the fact he's just wandering around, just kind of like panting and trying to sit down whilst chatting to it. It's just, it's good. But then the, the end of this film. Yeah. And the old lady goes, oh, yeah, to take it good. slowly. <laughs> but then the end of the film is just like, right, that Italian village is like one of football match. He's like, what's going on? They just won a game. It's really important. He's like, yeah, all right then. I'll just start dancing. That's the end of the film. I I don't want there to be an Equalizer 4 because I want that to be the end of the Equalizer films. It's like Denzel goes off, celebrates with a bunch of Italians because they won a football match. Brilliant. I, I, I want the Equalizer 4 to be to be essentially just it doesn't even need to be it has it doesn't need to be an action film as a no violence. It's just 90 minutes of Denzel just buying a little house, setting it all up, going to what is it, going to his first football match and all this lot. And it's just like a jolly little film. I, I, the thing is, I, I watched I this the Sunday evening, the Italian Grand Prix was on Sunday afternoon. Following this, the, uh, the that all I want to fucking do at some point in the next few years is like go to the Italian Grand Prix and just party with some Italians. I bet it's I bet it's fucking lovely. I bet they're super super welcoming. Like I can wear my Mercedes hat and they're not going to be uh, they're not going to be unhappy about it. And we'll just have a great time. I'll be like Denzel, just fucking bobbing along, going, "What are you dancing about? I don't care. Let's just dance." Ah. Oh. What a time. Equalizer free, definitely not shit. De- yeah. Definitely not shit. Yeah. Yeah. Our audience poll, definitely shit fifty percent, shit thirty three percent, and Geostorm seventeen percent. Yeah, alright. Should be hundred percent, definitely not shit, but fine. Twitter questions. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Rick Kidd, Rick J. Kidd, um uh, says, uh, which actor or actress who had their prime years of their career prior to nineteen seventy would you look most like to explore the filmography of? To be honest, Brando, because little bit of a fucking uh, 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 blindside for me. Is it? I, I watched a lot of Brando. Yeah, not so much. Not so much. There's some really good shit, actually, mm. in the Brando one. Hitchcock. I'm... I'm, I'm... Drastically undereducated in the films of Alfred Hitchcock. I know you don't like him. I'm not going to. I'm not sure I don't like him. I accept the fact that he's a great filmmaker and everything like that. I'm not mm. saying he's shit or anything like that. Um, but I just. I don't care. <laughs> I, I, I've watched a lot of it and I'm just like. Yeah, I don't. It's not for me. Yeah, um, mine's George C. Scott. Mm. That's an interesting choice. Because mm. because a lot of, like the ones that I, the ones that I could go to, I've, I've actually watched a bit of. Yeah. Um, but I've, I don't think I've watched anywhere near enough George C. Scott. But everything I've ever seen him in, he's fucking brilliant. So why don't I? I, I, I might mm. explore that a little bit. Do it. Um, and we have another question. Uh, Dylan Black Lantern says, after recently watching the Sci-Fi Channel adaptation of Stephen King's Crouch End, uh, which is up on YouTube, I have two questions. What is the worst adaptation of an artist's work, and what is the crappiest on-screen depiction of England or the UK in general? I don't know. I mean, I kind of feel like there isn't a crappiest 
interpretation of England or the UK because with I don't know we're kind of shit at the moment it just kind of feels like anything would be yeah that's about right yeah that, that's it I think I think you've got to go to things like um, that are just like yeah that's not actually what the UK is like is any sort of like 60s American made movie and mm. set in Britain where they're all like the fucking water babies or something like that, where it's all just fucking, um, it's all very white witch saviour movies. Uh, the, it's fucking the reinterpretation thing. Sorry, Mark. Ryan Adams is 1989. What? That fucking like cover of 19, like Taylor Swift's album that he did. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's the worst reinterpretation of a thing by a from another artist. I really like that album. Nah. Yeah, it's a really good album. I don't know why. I don't know why yeah, you like. just cover perfection. There's literally no point. You see, I, um, I, 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 I get that people love Taylor Swift. I, I have major issues with the just overproduced, homogenized music. Uh. The thing is, I think both versions for me. You like both have, versions, don't you? Yeah, yeah. I, really I like I, Taylor Swift's I, version of 1989. I like I some of it. I like probably more of 1989 than Taylor Swift's other stuff. But I hate both of the versions of Shake It Off. I just think it's an objectively bad song. Both of the versions of that are awful. But like, um, Out of the Woods, both versions of that have their own different energy and both are beautiful. Hmm. Well, you know, because I think the Ryan Adams version is fantastic. And I mm. Just, I think the Taylor Swift version is just, it's just a terrible mix of noise. Um, what? No, I, I, I disagree with you. I like all all versions on both. No, all songs on both versions I like, apart from Shake It Off on both. <laughs> you, just don't, you don't like that song? No, it's shit. I don't mind Shake It Off actually. You fucking idiot. I don't mind it. I think it's quite a good. It's quite a quirky song. A blank space. Say, one yeah, of the greatest pop songs ever made. Sorry, moving on. Um, oh, bad. I, I'm still not over the lovely bones. I don't. Oh fuck! No. That might be the the answer, Bex. Might be actually. Uh... It, it it hurts me. In any context, in any context, for any reason, if someone said to me, "Who hurt you?" because of my behaviour, it would be. I mean, that that as well. We we literally wouldn't have Ryan Gosling that we have now had it not been for Lovely Bones. That yeah, because he he was obviously supposed to be in it, wasn't he? Mm. And he put on loads of weight, Mm. and then lost the part, and then and then lost the part because of it. But was basically. He he wasn't allowed to do any. He wasn't allowed to make anything else while they were produced while they were making Lovely Bones, because they essentially they paid tied him into out, his contract. They? Wow! Okay. Even though they, they replaced him, they paid him out, but said to him, "You can't work while we're producing." So he couldn't work for two years. Why would he even do that? So before, what he did was um, he'd said as part of his contract when they said it that it, um, he, he basically he could he could go to the gym on their dime. So he got super ripped as like a fuck you to Peter Jackson. 
<laughs> because he put on all this weight mm. and then started getting things like um, crazy stupid love and stuff like that because of the fact that he got yeah. ripped. Have you guys ever yeah. seen Stanley Tucci at the Oscars when they play the clip? Yes. It just how fucking embarrassed he looks when they play the clip and then it cuts back to him. I will um I I, I, I will send you the a, a YouTube of it, Bex. It's very funny. Yeah, I do. He's just like okay. uh I guess nobody nobody like oh fucking yeah here we go right it's about 45 seconds in bex i'm gonna send this i'm gonna send this to the chat now just go to 45 seconds in it's like the end of the clip and then his reaction it is fucking incredible we uh, like we need to do this live so on youtube this is christoph waltz wins supporting actor 2010 oscars if anybody wants to kind of like watch along, about 45 seconds in. We're just watching it now. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. So um, for those who don't watch, it's basically him just shaking his head. And then just turning to someone and say in front of him and saying something. It's yeah. incredible. Uh, I mean, that's the lovely bones. Yeah. And to be fair, I mean, like, okay, Peter Jackson's made some documentaries. Has he has he made a good film since King Kong? No. He's made. With it's literally documentary. I mean, I, 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 haven't, I haven't seen all of Get Back, but uh, They Shall Not Grow Old. Fair play. Good. The Hobbit films I'm just and looking. The Lovely Bones. Nah, mate. He, I'm just looking at what he's... Uh, he's what done his fuck is all. From... Hobbits is. It's feature films. Um, Lord of the Rings, King Kong, Lovely Bones, Hobbits is. That's it. It's not like he's even got anything in the pipeline. In 20 years, he's made one, two, three, four, five, five movies, and three of those yep. were the Hobbit movies. That's so bonkers. Are we saying that his last good movie was The Frighteners? When in no, no, I don't think we're saying that. I mean, you, you, might, you might say yeah, that. I, I, yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. That. Fucking. The thing about it is, I, I enjoyed the Lord of the Rings movies when I watched them. I just can't rewatch them. I, I I can't get through. I, I I like the fact that there's so many people can rewatch them so many times and over and over again, um, and that's cool. But I've tried to rewatch them and was like, I I cannot get through this. It's I, no. They're quite cool. Uh, it's not. No, but they are, they are quite. They're very because they've stretched it out over so long of a film. What was I saying you rewatched him? Uh, for the, oh, the podcast that we did with George. Yeah. They're, oh, they're gosh, too stretched yeah. out. Like the, the, so the pace is quite slow. And I think if you're not into fantasy, you, you'd struggle with that. Uh, that's why I can't. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. where you won't be able to. 
for me, I, I don't, I don't hate the Lord of the Rings movies. I, I don't love them. I wouldn't rewatch them over and over again. But I don't hate them. The they're they're, they're brutal. I'm they are more. fucking brutal. Mm. I mean, the Lord of the Rings movies. Obviously, they've got Sean Bean. Well, the first one does. Well, and the second right. one's extended first version. One, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, and is it the first? But yeah, but you've also got to deal with Orlando Bloom. Which is painful. But yeah, and I and, and, and Becky Becky had the correct answer to the question. Lovely bones. Yeah, I, I I don't hate them. I just I I I, I am set within my that, that right now. I know I I enjoyed watching them. You might not enjoy them on rewatching. I tried rewatching uh, Fellowship and really struggled with it. So I I stopped and went. Do you know what? I am fine with the. With not ruining these movies for myself. Hmm. Was Tintin him? No, no he was supposed to direct it. the second one, and it was going to be Spielberg and Jackson, or maybe it was going to be Edgar Wright. Fincher Sorry? as well, wasn't he? Fincher was. I thought it was Edgar well, Wright. Edgar Wright, yeah, there was supposed to be like five or six, and it was supposed to just like mm. be constantly passing it along and to they a different one, director. And it was good. Mm. And they, they just didn't do a second. Yeah, that, that film's good. Spielberg, yeah, Spielberg did never, a fucking motion capture Tintin film that was written and direct that was written by Edgar Wright and Joe Cornish. Yeah, that's bonkers. Isn't that wild though? Yeah, <laughs> it's just it's just weird. <laughs> There's, there's an oddity of like there's a whole like period of Spielberg's career that seems to have been forgotten by people yeah <laughs> like the he's from like Kingdom of the Crystal School up until like maybe like the Bridge of Spies but even like the BFG people forget oh god yeah that was a thing it's a fucking it's a good, good thing, movie it's sent in I liked it. Yeah, it's really it's solid. In it, isn't it? Yeah. Daniel Craig, isn't it? As what's it? Yeah, the wrong one. Yeah. Standard. Is that it for Twitter questions? That's it for Twitter questions, yeah, sorry. Coming up next week. Getting a bit horror-y. We are Woo! out, yeah. So lead review will be the Nunt Woo. Um In IMAX, unfortunately. Oh. Right. Very quickly, mild tangent. So, I was walking around work, uh, might have been even yesterday actually, right? And there was a girl walking in front of me. Primark got none. Oh shit, I just said the name. She had a, uh, she had a tattoo. What? Never. Oh no, that's fine, that's fine. Uh, did, right. did she have like none jeggings on or something? No, right. she had a tattoo that was Velik from the nun. <laughs> right on the back of her leg wow. cool and I was looking at it and she turned and looked at me and I was like is that Velik from the from the country movies she's like the nun yeah I was like yeah she went yeah it is I was like alright you're looking forward to a Friday then she's like what I was like the nun too she went what are you about like, there's a nun too coming oh, out oh mate you Friday. just made her a week and she just went fuck off I was like <laughs> No, genuinely, there's a nun too. It's like, no, there isn't. And they oh, got a phone out. I've got to tell you this because we went straight to the cinema. Yeah. Got a phone out and went, and she went to a friend and went, holy shit, Megan, 
this is what we're doing Friday. And Fred went, why? What? <laughs> and then she just went, oh, I'm so looking forward to this. And then high-fived me and walked off. No, right, okay, all right. But that then made me think, hang on a minute. You've got a tattoo of a character on the back of your leg, but you don't know there's a movie of that character coming out. Mark, Mark, can I just rewind? You yeah. noticed that this girl had a tattoo of the nun on the back of her leg. You said to her, yeah. the ma- a manager at Primark, nice tattoo of Valak, the nun. There's the nun too coming out. And she said, fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> like in a, in a fuck off. Like, not like a fuck off, get away from me. <laughs> I mean... It's a bit 50 fit. I think that's a bit risky, that. I <laughs> I don't know. I, I, you have seen me, though, right? <laughs> what, what do you mean, I've seen you? What does that mean? I think, I think That you look you like someone who that. would comment on young girls' tattoos on the back of their legs. <laughs> oh, what, you think it was risky for me? Yeah. All <laughs> oh, right. I didn't think it was risky. Oh, someone's wearing shorts, someone in a tattoo, clearly showing... Alright. I'm I don't know, maybe I'm just fucking diversity and inclusive inclusivity training up to the eyeballs or something, but I, I it's I, interacting I, with customers. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Would it be any different if you if you said that to a staff member? What? Like what I just no, I mean like if I was on her arse, Ian. No, I know, no, no, I know, but I don't know. I just, I, yeah. I think that it would be very dependent on what the fee- thinking and feelings were of the, 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 the young woman I was interacting with. Sorry, maybe, ma- yeah, maybe we'll move on. I, 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 I do have conversations frequently with her. There's a girl, uh, Hannah, I, I work with. Yeah. Um, and she's got quite a lot of Tattoos and she keeps getting new ones. Yeah, yeah. And we often chat about her tattoos. Um, but I, I, I get so many comments about mine every day. Yeah. Yeah. Frequent comments about mine every day. Not bad comments. Mostly good. I mean, it, it, it's double standards, but I'm also like, I'm almost like, I don't think it would be as much of a problem if people were commenting on my tattoos more than I was commenting on theirs. It's, I don't know, maybe it's just a different work environment as well, though, isn't it, I suppose? Yeah. I, 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 yeah, I don't know, sorry, I just, I, I, interesting point. Like, I, I, no, fa- fair play, fair play, and I think that's really fun that she just discovered that the Nun 2 was coming out, and that's just oh, made yeah. her weekend. She was, she was well excited. Yeah. Um, her friend didn't look as excited about the fact that she was going to get a drag yeah. to the Nun no, <laughs> 2. No. Uh, okay, so we've got the Nun 2, uh, or the uh, the Nunt Woo. Um we, uh, and apparently there's a mid-credits, by the way. Nice. Yeah. Something to do with the overall Conjuring universe, so get ready. Um, so we're also going to do The Last Voyage of the De- Demeter, which doesn't have a UK release date currently. It was pulled because the distributor has been sold to someone else. Uh, but it is on US VOD, so we'll be talking about that. And we will also be doing a catch-up review of Rob Savage's The Boogeyman, which is uh, now available in the UK on VOD as well. So uh, there we are. I would just like to say Jason Reitman, 
I know you're listening. And I just hope you're fucking proud of yourself. Because no one else is. And uh, I'll say thank you, Mark. Thank you very much, Lee. Thank you, Becky. Thank you very much. And Ivan Reitman. God rest your soul. I'm sorry that you've had to deal with that. Goodbye. <laughs> Bye. Bye.